welcome back everybody to episode 106. Uh, we've got the full crew with us again today and we're going to talk about things we are excited for uh, but first we're going to catch up a little bit. Uh, let's go alphabetical today. Let's start with Bill. What you been <laughs> cool. up to? Uh, yeah, a little a little bit of everything. Um, uh, first thing I want to do just right at the top, um, I meant to uh, give a shout out to some friends of ours uh, the last time we recorded and I just uh, plum forgot or I skipped right over my note whatever it was um, so uh, our good friend Pam who runs the uh, cannot be tamed uh, YouTube channel that we've met at uh, various shows over the years um, has another uh, uh, YouTube endeavor uh, that she's uh, started with a friend of hers who I also met at uh, retro games uh, retro retro world expo uh, this year so Pam and Michelle have started a YouTube show uh, also a podcast um, called point and drink adventure um, it's exactly what it sounds like. Uh, they are both fans of point-and-click adventure games, and they're both fans of consuming alcohol. So they drink the same drink, talk about the drink, and talk about what they've been playing. Um, and it's pretty cool. I uh, listened to the first two episodes, uh, which I think there's only two so far. Maybe there's a, a third that I haven't seen yet. But yeah, it's awesome so far. So I just want to give uh, Pam a shout-out and uh, what, say... Uh, uh, what games do they cover? So was one of them Gabriel Knight, I think? So that was a little joke uh, that I uh, that I put. Oh yeah, so they they did. Um, Pam did um, do a video on that, but on their first um, uh, uh, episode, um, one of them misspoke uh, and and said Peter Gabriel, referring to Gabriel Knight. So I did a little Photoshop uh, wizardry. I put Peter Gabriel uh, on the cover of so the Gabriel sense, Knight yeah. game. <laughs> I, I shot that back at her, but yeah, Pam has since done like a Gabriel Knight uh, video. I saw that thumbnail in her in her history there. But yeah, they they're just kind of chatting about, um, and they're both um, consumers of uh, uh, vinyl uh, media. So they they pick up soundtrack. You know, very similar to uh, um, you know kind of the stuff that uh, that we're into, like music and games and. Uh, the one thing that uh, uh, that we really got to share a lot um, when we all saw each other in Hartford was, uh, you know, at the end of a long day, uh, popping a drink. Um, so uh, yeah, it's it's cool idea. They're uh, they're off to a good start. So yeah, just wanted to uh, kind of give them a shout out. And if you uh, sounds interesting to you, go check check out Point and Drink Adventure YouTube, Spotify, all the uh, regular places. And in honor of them, I'm gonna go ahead and crack open. Ah, my point and drink for the for the evening. So, uh, so yeah, so um, uh, we went to we took the family to New York City uh, last weekend for the first time in years. Um, we like to try to do um, experiences instead of gifts and like things for birthdays. So my middle guy's birthday was last month. We told him we would take him into uh, Museum of Natural History. In New York City because they had just recently seen the Night at the Museum movies so we thought that'd be a cool <laughs> cool tie-in and um, since he'd never been to the Nintendo store Nintendo World um, which is kind of near Rockefeller uh, Plaza there uh, we took him there as well so uh, Museum of Natural History was great um, they you know were really into you know kind of like the dinosaur area and like the gemstones and you know all the different areas you expect them to they round the corner, they saw the Easter Island statues. They said, Daddy, it's Dum Dum. So, like, it was like all the things you, like, ex you hoped for. Um, and then we went to Nintendo, and uh, my, my middle guy was very upset that the amiibos that were 
on display in like the museum portion upstairs were not yeah. for sale. He was like, Daddy, I want Daruk. And I was like, oh, well, they're, <laughs> ju- they're just showing it. And he's like, well, where are the Amiibos? And we went down to the Amiibo area, and they have like two Amiibos, like whatever like the current ones are. And right. he was like almost crying upset that he couldn't get Daruk. And I, I remember, like, we talked about this a little bit, I, and I totally blanked. Like, I bet you they reprint it when, when Tears of the Kingdom comes out. If you, if you yeah, can get possibly. him to hold out for a little bit, I, I yep. bet you they'll do another run of them. So he does kind of forget. Not forget, but, like, it's it's high in his memory. And then, like, as we kind of go throughout the day, and then, like, the next day, he's like, oh, did you order Daruk yet? I'm like, oh, I'm still looking for a good deal. And then the more days that go by, kind of the less he thinks about it. But he is Breath of the Wild Link for Halloween this year. So I know it's oh, going to be in his in his mind a bit. Are, are you going to cut his candy bag open and see, like, oh, it broke. It degraded. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Yeah. Just every, to make it, it realistic. Exactly. Or, like, it'll just catch fire. It's like, oh, you put a cooked apple in there. And just, <laughs> yep, just up in smoke. So, um, but yeah, we actually did the, um, uh, the Halloween walk, uh, today, uh, my, my town has, um, uh, like all the businesses, like we'll like, uh, kind of, uh, hand out candy. Um, they'll all like kind of put balloons, um, you know, outside the door. So, you know, which ones are doing it. So we got the costumes on, we, we did a, a lap there just, uh, you know, like 30, 40 minutes. It was, it was fun, but it was funny cause, uh, there was a dad that we ended up walking by who was like traditional green tunic link. So like they kind of crossed paths and like they both drew their their master swords. <laughs> it was like a Shadow Link uh, uh, experience, so, so that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, that's uh, uh, there's a couple other things that I've been up to, but I'll save those for the uh, concert cast portion um, of the uh, program. Um, so real quick into what I've been playing, um, played a little bit more Vanquish. Um, I think I mentioned on the previous show that I found out that it is um, uh, plays great on Steam Deck. So yeah. I have played it a little bit on Steam Deck, and it does play great. It doesn't have, like, an auto, um, like, a lock-on feature. So you do have to be aiming with the thumbstick. So it is, like, a little bit trickier because of because there's so much action. You really are kind of moving yeah. your aim a whole lot. So um, Does I have, it have gyro support on the Steam Deck? Can you, so, like, move so, it around? So here's the thing. The Steam Deck definitely does. And it's I think I mentioned this feature before where it's got this awesome, um, the the surfaces of the thumbsticks are capacitive so what that allows you to do is if you're not touching the thumbsticks and you're moving the steam deck around the gyro is not activated but you can set it to where when you rest your thumb on one of the joysticks that will then enable the gyro so that was one of the the features in the demo game that ships with it called uh, desk job simulator which is like a portal universe type of mini game but it works really well. Like you, you did it when you wanted to aim, and then you just, you know, took your thumb off the thumbstick when you didn't want to aim with the gyro. So um, since this is a game from many years ago, uh, I don't know if that feature has been uh, patched in. Um, but it's definitely right. something that I should look at. Um, so I have found that in for certain segments, I can totally get through. You know, with uh, the thumbstick aiming. I am much more proficient with mouse and keyboard if there's going to be a lot of um, high skill require like high skill ceiling segments. Um, so yeah, I don't think I'll be able to play the entire thing in the Steam Deck, but I made through a couple. There's like the, the game split into acts, and then there's like segments like missions within those acts. So I got through a few uh, a few of those little kind of like submissions, um, and uh, but I'll I'll save uh, you know my vanquish talk for when we talk about uh, once we finish those backlog games. Um, I did find myself 
having some trouble with a Vanquish se segment on Steam Deck, and I was like, you know what, I'll play that piece at home. But I wanted to play something on my Steam Deck because I bought this thing and I was out and about, and I just kind of started looking through, and I fired up Worms Armageddon. Um, because, I love that game. Because why not, right? And I hadn't played it in ages, and I had mostly played it on Dreamcast back when I had it, so I really didn't play too too much on PC. It took a little bit of time to kind of for the muscle memory to come back and remember, okay, right. this button is my one jump. This is my backwards jump. I got my like, now you're flip. ninja roping all over the I, place. I like was that. a ninja rope ridiculous person like way back when. Like I like <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I would start down and I would end up like up and over and around, uh, you know, like <laughs> cliffs and geometry. And I was never amazing at putting the bazooka into the wind and getting good shots. I was always pretty good with grenades. Um, so yeah, I just fired up a random map and this really was just to kind of get the controls and get the muscle memory to kind of come back. Um, what I remember on the Dreamcast version, I always used to love going through all the different voices that were available and, uh, all the customization options. Yeah. So the default one is okay. Like with like the Alvin and the chipmunks kind of high pitch sound, but I really found myself missing like the the James Bond style um, <laughs> one that I always used to love where like they were all just very, it still has that high pitched voice but it was very proper like oh well I say good man and then like you yeah. know they would they would punch it and an uppercut yeah yep. and then there's a I forget what what you know the first time I heard this but like we laughed like idiots like it's one of those things where like you set some some dangerous thing next to an enemy worm and then you kind of like back away and right before it goes off he says mustache <laughs> and then the explosion <laughs> happens so i was like why do you say mustache but it became like an inside joke with me and my friends like hmm, mustache so but yeah um I, I i've worms armageddon is one of these games that i've loved forever but i haven't played in ages so it was just cool to kind of fire it up and even if it was just like a me versus the computer which it's way 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 better with people um yeah. but uh because the computer is a it very much like street fighter 2 uh, the computer is able to do things where you're like, come on, come on. Like, who's 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 kidding whom here? No, with... no one could have flown a super sheep in there. No <laughs> nope. one. <laughs> nope. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it was just kind of cool to get the memories to come back. And then um, same thing. Uh, I was like, we were like sitting in bed and my wife had to like pop out to like, you know, like move the clothes from the washer to the dryer. And like we paused the show we were watching. And I was like all right, I got the Steam Deck right here. What can I play for, like, five to seven minutes that, like, I can stop, like, in a moment's notice? Skyrim. Uh, so fired up Skyrim. I cleared out, like, a little cave. And then she came back. And I'm like, all right, I'm good. You know, so um, that was uh, kind of cool to jump in Skyrim for a minute. And then just recently, um, I just have been craving Outer Wilds. Um, I still have not played the expansion that came out, like, September-ish, I think it came out. Mm -hmm. uh, I, the... Uh, something about the eye of the universe. Um, so I said, you know what? I'd love to play that game again. So I just kind of fired it up just to see how it ran on the Steam Deck. And then my kids both saw me play it. And they were like, oh, can I watch you play? And then they were like telling me what to do. And I was like, guys, I love you. You need to stop. <laughs> like, <laughs> I need this. This is my journey, right? So then like before long, one of them is playing Outer Wilds on the bedroom TV, and the other is playing Outer Wilds on the living room TV. <laughs> so it became like a three times Outer Wilds uh, party. Um, but yeah, so that was just a little bit of what we kind of been after. Um, I really want to play Deathloop, which is a game that uh, I heard a lot of great things about when it came yeah, out on the Sony solid. platforms. I know it's on PC as well. 
it uh, the the exclusivity period has expired, so it's available on Game Pass. So I am all in, but I want to make sure I get through Vanquish first. Um, so yeah, that's that's prob that's that's it for the bulk of what I've been playing. Um, for watching, I've, I've been watching quite a bit. We finished Dahmer, uh, which is it's actually it's got a weird name. I think it's actually Dahmer monster the Jeffrey Dahmer story like because they have because for like the algorithm right can't see you get them confused with the other Dahmers that well I think they just I I read they just wanted to call it monster and they were like no one's gonna know that it's about Jeffrey Dahmer you have to have plus there's already a movie about a serial killer called called monster yeah which is awesome by the way it's it's, what's her face um is amazing in it she won an Oscar I think um uh, Charlize Theron and um, who I saw uh, at the hotel, uh, at the casino the other night, which we'll get to. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so, and then they were like, well, you, it, it has to have Jeffrey Dahmer's name in the title. So he ended up calling it Dahmer, Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story, which uh, I As just think is As opposed to hilarious. like Timmy Donner. Yeah, well, exactly. I, I mean, it's, his parents are in it too, so they should have called it Dom and Dahmer. Uh, great. <laughs> <laughs> Even Dahmer. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna check out of this conversation. Dom and Dahmer. And what do you call it? The um, uh, Richard Jenkins um, plays the father, who I love. Richard Jenkins and my wife related kept saying to, related to Leroy. Yeah, Leroy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, and my wife keeps looking at him. She's like, I, she's like, I know who it is. They've done some. I can't figure out what they've done to him to make him look different. And I'm like. That's usually what happens when it's like a prosthetic nose or like eyebrows or something. It's like something subtle, but like just doesn't look right. Um, I know it's, I could see it too, but I was like, yeah, I can't, I can't pick out exactly what it is either. So um, Dahmer was good. Um, it's, it wasn't, you know, life changing or anything. Um, I didn't really know many details about the Dahmer killings, you know, besides the fact that he's just an American serial killer. So a lot of it was educational for me, um, very similar to when I watched um, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I didn't have a whole <laughs> lot of knowledge on those killings either. So like as well, I'm watching, well, that one it, takes not very a lot of liberties with with the actual. No, 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 yeah. no, but, but I mean, like you know, but like you know how like the like the road that they're on. And like the house that they're like, I know things changed, but like as I'm watching it, I'm like, <laughs> like everything changed. <laughs> yeah, it's, they right, but when, set when that the, one up very differently. When the movie was over, they were like, oh yeah, it's about um, the Manson family, and I was like, the Manson family? Where where was the Manson family in this movie? Like it didn't occur to me that that's what was happening there. Oh. So um, I see. you didn't know didn't, about Tate. And, I didn't know about okay. Sharon Tate. I didn't oh. know that she was that she was uh, killed. I didn't know any of that stuff. So it was yeah. all. Yeah. Very so, um, but yeah. So, so the Dahmer stuff. It, it was very interesting, just from the historical. Um, and of course, what you do is you always look up. You know, how much is true, and and you know they take liberties, of course. Um, but yes, a uh, uh, lot of me. I know Chris is anti TikTok, but a lot of memes from this show have uh, been generated on TikTok from some of the, um, not intentionally funny one-liners from the show but things that ended up you know you know taken out of context or funny um and it's really hard to describe if you haven't seen the show so if you've seen the show and you're on tiktok you probably already know this so we don't need to talk about it too much i wouldn't say i'm anti-tiktok i'd say i'm a tiktok teetotaler how about that (laughs) you're 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 dommer when it comes to tiktok (laughs) i just uh, i avoid it at all costs gotcha uh, yeah if you want to do your tiktok and Man, I, I love you it. Go, it's, man. The, it's the best. Like me, my wife and I will at the 
beginning or end of our day, we'll share all the funny TikToks that we've seen since we've last been together. It's uh, it's awesome. Um, so yeah, so uh, uh, I mentioned before that we've been watching uh, Marvel movies. So the latest ones that we've gotten through, uh, on your guys' recommendation, because uh, you said that they have brought. Uh, at least one person back and possibly more in the future from the Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton. We did watch the Incredible Hulk, um, mm-hmm. which I remember enjoying the last time I watched it. I really enjoyed it this time. I think it's one of the better cameos with uh, Ferrigno where they actually take that, that moment to pause and give him a bro fist and it's like, you're the man. And they work it into the story, but it's also obviously just telling Lou Ferrigno that he's the man, which is awesome. Um I think that the uh, the I don't know what the super move is called, but Hulk's clap. Um, Sarah yeah. kind of laughed when that happened, and I was like, I don't know why you're laughing. That's amazing. <laughs> I absolutely love that moment where like it it puts the spoiler alert yeah. puts the flame out. Um, I remember uh, uh, what's his face uh, William Hurt. I remember that being this general's uh, introduction into the um, into the MCU, and he's so in, for the longest time he was the only link to this movie. Yeah, and they're they're finally starting to put some other stuff in now. Yep, I did recently read a story um, which I have not confirmed um, is that Harrison Ford is taking that rollover. I was just gonna ask if you saw that. So yeah, he's I, taking it over. Which I honestly like, because I feel like Harrison Ford is is. Um, one of those uh, grumpy old guys who'd rather be doing anything else in the world than like talking to nerds. So it really surprised me to hear that he was jo- uh, joining but up. That character is exactly that. He's this yeah, grumpy yeah. old man. Like. And then I thought about it, and I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. And also, like, and and Harrison's made no, uh, you know, no be no beef about it before, where they're like, so would you do another Indiana Jones? And he's like, if the money's there, you know, like he's he's got to work. So, he's got to get paid, I, right? I don't, I don't know if you know Thunderbolt Ross much either, but if they like get to the point where they make him Red Hulk in the movies, we'll get Harrison Ford as a Hulk, so they'll like make his face there, and he'll have to voice act it. Like it'll be so funny. Oh man, that would be. Yeah, I, I did not know about that uh, that arc. So yeah, that would be awesome. Um, so yeah, just I, I had it in my notes here. I wanted to say welcome to Harrison Ford. Um, so the next movie we watched was The Avengers, which yes. um, I do remember seeing in the theater. I do remember enjoying. Um, compared to some of the uh, Marvel stuff that we've you know got later in the MCU, it does seem slow in comparison, but it's not a bad movie at all. It's just like differently paced than some of the newer stuff That's is. That's the one with Loki, right? Uh, he is in it, yeah. He's and he's, he's got the in... scepter, right? Yes, yes. right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he is introduced before this movie, but yeah, this is the one. And then at the very end, that's, you know, like Hulk, you know, slams him like back and forth. And then, <laughs> God. yeah, I'll, I'll take that drink now. Um, so, yeah, very, very, very cool. Um, so we watched Avengers. We watched Iron Man 3, which is next chronologically. This was just last night. I remember mm-hmm. really liking this one a lot. And it is good, but I, I didn't like super enjoy it last night. Like it, it it's I felt like it took like a, and maybe it was like the mystery was more intriguing to me the first time through. And I kind of knew where it was going, so I was like, "All right, like, can we just get there?" I love Guy Pierce, um, and he's fantastic in this. I like how they bring Pepper into it, and she gets to wear the suit. Um, I believe yeah. for the first time. Um, yeah. Yep. So, in the movies, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know the actor's name, but the guy who plays like Aldrich Killian's like kind of first in command, like his like main like military henchman guy. I love this actor. He's been in Twenty Four. 
Um, I think he was in Band of Brothers. He's kind of been in some other military uh, type things. Um, but he's like the first guy you kind of see like glow red in like the neck and like oh the extremist stuff yeah extremist. And, and he's yeah. he's the one who happy he does, he's like I don't like the look of him he looks shifty and he's like hey buddy badge come on and like he's like he's kind of like lounging in like the the lobby while like Killian is like talking to Pepper and like he's FaceTiming Tony and he's like I don't like the look of this guy he's shifty so we just called him shifty the rest of the, every time we saw him I was like oh guys it's shifty. And then, like you know, they they attack um, his home his his home on Malibu Point and like the helicopters, and the kids are like, "Oh, it's shifty!" <laughs> like, yeah, it's shifty. So, but yeah, so it was it was a fun one. Um, and then this evening, my wife is out. Chris, you'll love where she is, but she's out right now. Um, so just me and the boys watch the next one chronologically, which is Thor: The Dark World. I remember not enjoying this one a while back. And my feelings were validated this evening. Uh, the kids enjoyed it because it's, you know, superhero movie. And I, you know, wasn't nuts about it. Um, but, you know, we got through it. I did think it was cool that I forgot the one of the main points is, like, what Loki is doing um, in impersonating a character. And the character he's impersonating, spoiler alert, is, like, doesn't really seem totally like himself during this movie like he's kind of acting more aggressive and I'm like this isn't this character at all like this is like the way Thor was acting in the first Thor movie and Odin was like yelling at him so and then at the end of this movie like when you kind of see the switch it and the credits start rolling you kind of start thinking oh man how long has he been doing this so it was kind of a cool way to think back on on how long the impersonation has been happening yeah. And uh, as a lead in on, on Ragnarok, where, you know, the impersonation is is kind of flipped uh, back. But uh, but yeah, I, I also totally forgot that Jane was really in this because you could have really just replaced her with like any other human from Earth. In the story. Like she was in hardly. I mean, she's there, but she's in a lot of it. Like, she's but I mean, she doesn't. And like you Dar- say it doesn't really yeah. matter. It doesn't in matter. That movie. And Darcy's there. Um, but same thing, just for kind of some comics for like she's like a Gimli, like a little comic relief here and there, and like she's not like really like all that funny. And I love Eric Selvig, um, Stellan Skarsgård. He's just not in yeah. a lot of this. They give him a little bit of uh, you know some funny things where like he's you know out of his mind a little bit, so he's kind of like wandering. So, is there the scene where he's running around naked, like or in his underwear or something? Yeah, is and that from they, this one, yeah, he's got the little like poles he's like putting near Stonehenge or something. Yep, and and he's like he's like demonstrating. He's oh, this shoe is here and this shoe is here, and all the worlds are about to align. And it's like, you know, there 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 just wasn't really anything redeeming about it. Um, so uh, glad we got through it. Um, because I believe next is the Winter Soldier. Um, oh yeah so yeah. i don't know if the kids will like that one as much but it's awesome yeah. they'll probably like the winter soldier stuff but like there's a lot of like boring espionage stuff if you're yeah. like 10 that's probably not exciting and, but when you're like 20 or up it's awesome and sarah and i uh she had never seen any of the captain america movies so last year we watched one two three so they're fairly fresh for me um so um but yeah so hopefully they'll uh i mean there really hasn't been anything that we've shown them so far that they've kind of zoned out for like they'll they'll stay with it because they know you know more action's right. coming so and yeah if they we'll... made it through iron man 3 and thor dark world like it's all up for quite a while now yeah 
Oh, for sure. Yeah, because we're looking at the yeah. next things coming. So it's like, um, it's Winter Soldier, it's Guardians yeah. One and Two, it's Avengers Ant Ultron, Ant Man's coming, Ant -Man's up. Like, coming yeah. up. Yeah, it's so, good stuff. Uh, the first Spider Man, the Homecoming, I think, is oh, like yeah, is yeah. is because it's before you know Infinity War, which is coming up a, a few shows later. So, so yeah, so we're we're on we're on a good upkick there, and um, I was talking a little bit about this uh, before we started recording, but every October. Well, actually, all the time, I always want to watch movies, like always. Like if I just see things on Twitter or like think about actors or like, you know, see movie posters, I'm like, oh, I really want to watch. I just want to watch movies all the time, especially older movies. And it's just hard to find the time sometimes. But every October, I really, really get that itch to like watch horror movies and sci-fi, especially like spooky stuff from the 80s that I've never seen. So uh, I, I, I told my wife, I was like, listen... I'm happy to watch movies alone. That's fine. But like, if you would like to watch movies with me, I'd like to, you know, show you some of these, you know, creepy older eighties. And she's like, yeah, let's, let's do it. So, um, I wasn't sure how she takes to some of these, but she's really been a good sport and we've really enjoyed uh, our time so far. So, um, I love David Cronenberg. Um, even though I have a lot of David Cronenberg blind spots, uh, the fly is one of my favorites. I know it's a remake, but it's one of my favorites, uh, of any, anybody's films and definitely my favorite Cronenberg. So Scanners has been a big blind spot for me for a while. Um, and the iconic poster kind of gives away like a, a, a climactic, like pivotal point in the movie. So I'm like, well, I know, you know, what's going to happen in that scene. But I'm like, all right, let, let's let's watch this. So Scanners was awesome. Um, it's a bit of a slow burn uh, for sure, but it's just shot so well. And like the use of sound and the use of like how they kind of, you know, show you that they're getting into people's minds. Um, the famous head explosion scene I actually did not see coming because I thought it was going to be later in the movie it's really early in the movie like it's like the third or fourth scene in the movie um, I know I keep saying spoiler alert but I mean this is this is an older film um, but yeah and and somehow in all of all the times I've seen like that that the poster or the like the VHS cover for scanners it's it's drawn it's not like a photo so I never put it together that it was Michael Ironside and now when I look at that picture, I'm like, of course it's Michael Ironside, right? So uh, it was awesome to get to see him because he's always he's always fantastic. I think the first time I saw Michael was in Total Recall. So he's always got uh, got a spot in my heart. And for the video game folks out there, uh, voice of Sam Fisher, if you're a Splinter Cell fan. So, um, so yeah, Scanners was great. This is the only one that Sarah didn't make it through. She kind of made it like halfway through and started dozing off. She's like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to head, head, head in for the night. Um, the next night we watched Death Becomes Her, which is a, um, I want to say 1990, so it like just missed the 80s. Um, it's a, I don't want to say horror, but it's definitely like on teetering that line between like horror, comedy, spooky, you know, like macabre lines. Um, it's an uh, amazing cast. It's uh, um, Bruce Willis, um, Meryl Streep, and Goldie Hawn are the, are the leads. And in a nutshell, uh, it is about uh, this this woman who kind of like finds someone that provides them like kind of like a fountain of youth type potion and they get what they want for a little while from it. But then things start to go sideways when it's not what it seems. And like, I'll just kind of leave it like that because I normally talk too much. Um, but yeah, and I, I did not realize um, all the times that I've seen this when I was a kid. My sister loved this movie, so we watched it a lot. I didn't realize it was a Robert Zemeckis film, um, one of the great directors of our time or any time. 
Um, or, or, or if um, if not Robert Zemeckis directed, definitely produced. I saw Robert Zemeckis come up on screen, and I was like, oh, it's, and it makes sense once you see it because you know it's got kind of that that kind of signature on it. So that was great. She loved it. Um, and then there's been a movie that's been on my radar for a while called Frankenhooker. Um, I've never so, heard of this one. So I've seen it because it's been uh, the soundtrack, the vinyl soundtrack has been available on a couple of, uh, on one of the um, uh, the record producers that I kind of follow on social media. And I've always just seen like the poster. And, that's kinda, and then like I look it up and it almost looks like a, like a Warriors era type look to it where like the, just the way the makeup's done and the lighting, like it just kind of feels like it's in that era. And then I look up the story and it's like, it's, it's more comedy than horror, but like, it's a really weird, really weird mix. It really is more comedy than anything else, but it's just so bizarre and out there. Um, after a tragic lawnmower accident at a birthday party where this guy's girlfriend is killed, he, but he recovers and saves and preserves her head, but he doesn't have any of the other parts. So he goes and he gets all the other parts to like remake her from hookers. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's a like and at first I was like, I don't know if Sarah's gonna be into this. And she was laughing the whole time. It's so ridiculous and like the special effects are like th- like bad to the point of being really funny. Um, but also being really well done at the same time. I don't know how they pull it off, but like you'll see like a person and then like it'll kinda like you'll tell that it has switched to like a mannequin exploding or something. So, uh, but yeah, she, she was laughing out loud the whole time. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, so yeah. So, and then I mentioned Frankenhooker in the discord and our, our buddy and uh, Patreon uh, engineer, Mike was like, Oh, I love, um, and he mentioned the director's name and I was like, I didn't know this was a director people know. And he was like, Oh yeah, he did basket case and, um, uh, basket case, basket case two. And I think brain dead, was the other one he's done like eight or eight or ten films so i was like no this is my first from this guy so now i got uh, you know a few more things to kind of uh search out um and chris i was alluding to you'll be happy to know where sarah is tonight uh she every year her and a handful of friends go down to our local uh movie house just right here in town and they go to a Rocky Horror Picture Show movie party. <laughs> so when you sent that uh, that uh, response uh, to me on Twitter the other night, like, just just make sure you watch this one. I was like, oh, it's it's in the books. So uh, <laughs> for a long time, I've wanted to treat her to a Rocky Horror Picture movie party at Alamo Drafthouse because they're legendary. They're full to the brim. Everybody's dressed up. So I'm kind of hinting at it with her. I'm like, hey, like, if you dressed up, who would you dress as? She's like, oh, I don't know if I would dress up. I was like, yeah, but who would you dress up as if you were going to dress up? So, so yeah, she'll, I'm sure she'll come and she's already texting me pictures of like people dressed up in the theater and stuff. So it's, and they, you get the bag of props, you get like the instructions in case you've never been there before, you know? So it's, she's, she's super, super into it. So maybe she might be like a magenta, but I don't know. <laughs> so. I'll, I'll find out, you know what I'll say, you know what I was thinking, I was thinking the other day. I think you'd be a magenta, and we'll see what she says. So, uh, but yeah, so, so that so they're doing that. They do the whole thing, right? So they're doing yes. the talk back and the whole yep. thing, then, right? All and right, cool. So, got the script and, and the whole shebang. And last year, like you know, you get the props, you get like the instructions, and they sat down and in her little group of friends, because they had like never really done it before, and she has done this a ton, and she's like, okay, whenever this happens, this. 
and whenever this happens, this, and they're like, oh, so like you've you're you're you this isn't your first road. Very She's involved. Like, oh, no, absolutely. <laughs> and then there's times where like if this happens, like every time this person comes on the screen, you say this, but then this is the response. But then you can also respond this to that. Like it's really she like and after seeing the movie and she explained it to me, I was like. All of this makes sense, and it sounds like it's a blast. So, it's it's one of the the rare times when like everyone is cool with everyone, just you know, yelling and singing and dancing and you know, being that and way in the theater. So, I gotta give a lot of props to the theater owners that let people because it's a mess. Yeah, it's a giant mess. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, she she loves it, and uh, you know, they did it last year, and she's like, oh, I can't wait for this year, and so they, they booked it, and it's uh, and they're I'm sure they're gonna have a great time, or they are having a great time. Um, so uh, yeah, so that kind of does it for watching, and then I have a, a little thing in here for pickups. I actually didn't have any pickups. I thought I might grab something from the Epic Halloween sale, but nothing's really discounted enough uh, for me to pull the trigger. So we got a Christmas slash holiday sale right around the corner. Um, I do find myself leaning more towards Steam these days, just so I can use the Steam Deck. So I got Final Fantasy VII Remake on the wish list. As ridiculous as it sounds, I do want to try Death Stranding, so I'm kind of waiting for that to drop to a reasonable uh, number. Doesn't sound ridiculous. I'm really curious about that one too. Yeah, I mean, when when you when you say certain things out loud, like the guy's name is Bridges, and he's like creating bridges. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, his name is <laughs> spoilers, bridges. man. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry. So um, but yeah, it's um, I I'm I'm super curious about it, and I've heard such good things about the soundtrack. I actually bought the soundtrack on vinyl without ever playing the game or hearing it because I knew it like wasn't going to be available after you know like this initial press was done. So that's the one of the two times I've ever bought a soundtrack without uh, not playing the game or having heard it before. The other is Hyperlight Drifter, um, which I've just heard so many good things about. I, I had to grab it when the reprint came up. Um, so the last thing I have is the concert cast. Um, the Smashing Pumpkins concert with my dad was awesome. That is where we saw Charlize Theron at the uh, uh, casino because we played the Mad Max Fury Road slots. Um, so uh, <laughs> so she was there. <laughs> and Did you uh, line up four of her heads or five of her heads? I tried my darndest. And How much I, silver I, paint did you have to spray? In yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's I said to my dad, like, uh, I ran out of money. And I was like, no, you understand. Like, I live, I die, I live again. So I'm going to need some more money. <laughs> so didn't end up working out. But, yeah, we had a great time. We were really, really close. We were, like, kind of like fourth or fifth row up on like the first section like right off the, the left of the stage um so it, it was really really cool being that close and they played a terrific show i was been listening to a lot of pumpkin stuff leading up to this show which was uh, awesome kind of like re you know listening to a lot of the stuff that i was familiar with and also learning some of the stuff from the last three albums that they play live that's actually really really good stuff and they're in the process of um they've got an album coming out next year uh a 33 song concept album called autumn and they're actually doing something really, really cool. Um, they've got a podcast. A new episode comes out every week where they premiere a song from the album. So you actually subscribe to this podcast, listen to it. You can hear them talk about each song, kind of like what the story is, kind of, uh, and because it really is, it's one entire story that goes through all 33 songs. Um, and they have a guest on each show um, just to kind of talk about. Uh, you know, uh, they do one old song, one new song. So it's really, really good so far. So excited to keep going through that. And uh, the last thing, um, 
uh, that I wanted to mention. I, I know I mentioned on the Discord. I don't know if I mentioned it on the show yet. Uh, I remember hearing about the Black Sabbath cover band, or sorry, tribute band, that is fast food themed called Max Sabbath from our buddies uh, Rich and Sean on the Press Playcast. And when I saw Alien Ant Farm recently at this uh, little theater in uh, Norwalk, I noticed a little Max Sabbath uh, thing up there. So I, I shot him the picture on the Slack, and he was like, oh, you have to go to that. Like, you got to go. So that show is tomorrow. And if – like, I, I haven't – I haven't committed yet, but it's one of those things like if everything's good, if, if the fam is all settled, if Sarah's all set, if, if everyone, you know, if, if, if it works out, I will be seeing Max Sabbath tomorrow. And I'll Are you be trying to sell that, me right? Max Sabbath isn't sold out already? Yeah, right. It might be. I might have to scalp them. And, and I'll be honest, um, I, I like I like Black Sabbath, but I'd, I'd be lying if I said I'm like a, a you know, diehard Black Sabbath fan. I, I'm. I would only know the major songs. I couldn't tell you any deep cuts. So I, I, you know, I, I, I told my mom about it too. I was like, I was like, Oh yeah. I was like, Max Sabbath is playing. And I was like, so I was like, let me pull back. I was like, do you know who Ozzy Osbourne is? No, I said, do you know who black Sabbath is? She said, no. And I said, do you know who Ozzy Osbourne is? She said, yeah. And I said, well, black Sabbath was Ozzy Osbourne's band before he kind of like, you know, did like the Ozzy Osbourne thing, and like he still, you know, kind of plays with them. And she didn't really understand, I guess, what I was saying because then I was talking to my sister like a few days later, and she says, "Mom says you're going to see Ozzy Osbourne in Milwaukee." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "No, <laughs> close, <laughs> close." A tri- tribute, a, a McDonald's themed tribute band. <laughs> so yeah, that might Sounds happen great. tomorrow. I would go see them if I could. Yeah, and yeah. and it's you know yeah. it's like twenty five thirty minutes away, and the and when I saw Alien Ant Farm, there is um, a parking garage nearby, and it was like a dollar twenty five for like the four hours, you know, like I was there. So like, money's not an issue. It's really more like you know I I I try to avoid leaving at like you know four in the afternoon on a Sunday and saying, all right, sir, you're gonna put you got all three of these kids yeah. while I go to a concert. So we just want to make sure that everything is cool before you know that happens so so yeah that's and that's all i got i know that was a a a little bit but uh yeah that's it for me awesome sounds like a good good couple weeks Mm. um chris what have you been up to so um i've been up watching a lot of stuff lately i really have not been doing a lot of gaming um just haven't really I don't know just haven't had the itch just been sitting more of like uh i don't really you know i don't want to invest a lot of time or energy same and um uh, and i don't know so i'm like eh, i'll just watch some stuff and put some stuff on so you know i, I kind of go through hbo max and some of the things you just kind of flip through like oh, okay what's in here and what haven't i watched and what sounds interesting so a lot of this is going to come from that but not all of it but um I'm gonna start off first. I watched uh, Saint Elmo's Fire from the mid '80s, which I had never seen. Mm. Uh, like the famous Brat Pack film, um, where you know, obviously, a lot of the had done other stuff, but this is like all of them crammed into one movie. Mm. And um, and so, you know, hearing that and knowing that has always kind of colored my thought process about the movie. Like, oh, this is probably just gonna be schlocky garbage and i shouldn't watch it but 
I did. I sit down and watch it. I'm like, okay, well, this is pretty a thing. Right. And, um, and having never watched it before and being in time now, I'm kind of like, this is like just prototype friends, but like really, really rough people that suck <laughs> to a degree. Um, but, um, like Demi Moore is, um, like a messed up party girl that hasn't settled down and Andrew McCarthy is, is crushing hard on his friend's girlfriend. And it's like, these people have gotten out of college and they're trying to start their life as young people. Um, and some of them are going their own different ways and they're, you know, it's got these complicated relationships and, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm trying to think if I would like really recommend it per se, but I mean, it was just an interesting movie to watch. I guess I'd put it that way. And it's weird because I've, I've heard of this movie. Um, I've never seen it. It's not one I really Me hear either. people talk about. Um, and I, I do sometimes confuse St. Elmo's Fire and St. Elsewhere, which I think was a TV show. Yeah, it was a TV show. Yeah, but um, uh, yeah, no, this is also one that I've not seen. Um, but I've, like I said before, I've been having an itch to watch like older stuff recently. So um, maybe I'll, I'll, I, I did not realize it was a Brat Pack movie until you. Oh yeah, it's got that. like Ali Sheedy, yeah. uh, Emilio Estevez is oh, in wow. there, uh, Rob Lowe. I Judd mean, Nelson. No, Judd Nelson is uh, not. He's Andrew McCarthy. The, Andrew McCarthy is in it. Ooh, yes. yeah, Brad Pack for sure. Yeah, yeah. What, no, what was his girlfriend in Pretty in Pink? Because uh, <laughs> she was in Dahmer, actually. The um, oh, the Pretty in Pink. Yeah, uh, yeah. I didn't know she was still acting, but yeah, she was. Yeah, in Dahmer. I'm trying to think of her name, but anyway, is that Molly yep. Ringwald? Molly, Molly Ringwald. Ringwald. There you go. Yes, she uh, was in Dahmer. Yeah, she's in Dahmer. She's the she's Dahmer's dad's second wife. There you go. Well, I mean, if you're itching for a Brat Pack flick, this is definitely it. I mean, cool. it's kind of, you know, uh, I try to think of like a lot of those big ones that had a lot of the stars in it. Like Flatliners is probably another one that had mm. like a, a ton of those stars about that time yeah. that were all stacked in the film. So yeah. it's got a big cast yeah. list. And I mean, do you remember who? Do you remember who directed it? Was it the same director as like some of the other Breakfast uh, I Club? Or I did not pay that much attention. To who, check, who did that show? Real quick, just yeah, to go see. for it. Saint Elmo's Fire was directed by. Oh, sorry, I pulled up the Wikipedia page for the actual Saint Elmo's Fire, which is oh. a historical <laughs> event. Here we oh. go, the film. Uh, writ wow, written and directed by future Batman Forever director Joel Schumacher. Schumacher. Oh, <laughs> okay. That he's probably made, doesn't. He's he's made some good stuff, so I shouldn't have just you know. Pointed right yeah, to like the Batman and Robin. Yeah, yeah, there's some good ones. But yeah, redeemed himself after forever. Joel, the, Joel the Schumach. Interesting. I would say again, like if you're itching for an '80s flick, and mm. you, you, you know, it's that same, you know, young people relationships going in a bunch of directions. People don't have their life sorted. Mm. Those struggles that everybody sure. goes through at that point in life. Um, it's it's an interesting flick, so I don't I, regret yeah. watching it. I, I don't know if I would be like a fan of it or anything, but yeah. Okay. I'm glad I I'm glad I can check that off the list and go yeah okay I kind of yeah. get this piece, and um, and the acting was good. I mean like they're all good actors, 
um, from that time. And, you know, they kind of had those roles they fit into. And mm. they're kind of in those roles in this film. Yeah. So it all works out. Um, another one I hadn't even realized had come out and I was going through was Fahrenheit 451 with um, Michael B. Jordan and uh, was it Michael Shannon, General Zod, is, yeah. is in it. He's and, awesome. I love him so much. Yeah, so like like the famous book, they they did a movie, uh, and it's a it's like a Michael B. Jordan thing. I guess he put it together and, and did the flick. And um, I mean, if you if you know the story, I mean it's not terribly far off, but um, yeah, I I just it's just something I it must have just hit. It must have been like made for HBO or something, or or I just totally had missed it out of the blue. Maybe cause that's why, because I I feel like this is a movie that would have yeah up on my radar at some point i didn't hear about yeah. it but if it was like made for a streaming service that would explain why i would have missed it maybe. yeah it, it was I, I just popped it up and it oh, was it okay. came out on it's an hbo movie so okay that's why, yeah but i mean um it was it was it was a cool flick and it was pretty done well i was surprised by the cast again like that whole thing like why have i not heard of this mm. thing before and like okay i like michael b jordan and uh, you know, yeah. Creed Michael, three trailer just dropped. So. Michael Shannon is interesting uh, as a character. Yes, he um, is. He, I don't know how to. He's he's fantastic. I love him. It's bizarre. He he hits a certain way, and boy, he hits a certain way. I'll, I'll say that. I do mean, you mean, do you mean in this movie or always? In this movie, okay. Um. Yeah, because he, he's definitely he's definitely got like an like an odd quality to him, like always. He does, and it really works. Like okay. for his character, it really works. Mm-hmm. And so okay. I would definitely say if, you, if you're curious um, about that, yeah, you should watch this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was it was pretty well done. Um, you know, Michael B. Jordan is kind of the the hero uh, of the story, and um, well, I don't know, you know, I don't want to ruin anything if anybody wants to go watch it um cool. or if you've read the book then yeah i would say check out the film it was pretty well done adding it was well acted my, yep adding it to my letterbox now yeah it was well acted and um yeah it was, it was pretty cool um the next one though i do want to spend a little more time talking about because this was kind of out of the blue and um because i'd heard a couple people mention before and i'm no clue what the hell this was but and when i'm talking to people they're like i don't know what that is but the movie is rrr uh, so before i had sent a message about it had you guys even heard of this before nope nope okay so i had just heard a mention of it and the mention was like you gotta watch this movie like it's just it's such a thing you gotta watch this movie okay so I'm like, okay, what the heck is it? So it was kind of just a living in the back of my brain. I guess I'd been on Netflix for a little bit, um, you know, wow. but I'd kind of forgotten about it. And uh, But I flipped through the other night, something to watch, and uh, the wife and I were sitting here, and I'm like, go stay up and watch a movie with me. Because uh, a lot of times Whoa. she just goes to sleep. Um, she just goes off to go to bed, whatever the case is. I'm like, I don't exactly know what I'm getting into with this. Why don't you watch this movie with me? And so that's all I knew, really. RRR, you got to watch this. It's on Netflix. Okay. 
That's it. And it is this Indian action movie that's just wild. I don't know how else to describe it. It's just wild that, like, the action scenes are kind of can remind you of some of those like matrix style of action shots and things with the fights and whatnot uh, that kind of choreography and whatnot to it but it doesn't have the budget for that but they just pull it off a lot with just like a lot of the practical effects right oh. it's just shot well and the angles it's shot at and everything are just really good. And, like, there's this scene, like, right at the front where, like, the main character is there. And, like, he just starts out this scene. And, like, there, there's... Okay, so the backdrop is this. It's, like, in colonial India, right? So this is back when the British still ran the government and kind of leading up to, like, the revolt where, you know, the Indian people were going to kind of take over for themselves and so it's just like this british encampment and they're like under assault like all these locals are just like tearing at the gates and like uh, you know going against them and uh like this one guy like picks up a shoe or something like throws it and it hits like a picture of the king or something and knocks it down and like the head guy's like i want that man or whatever and you just see this main character guy like he's in this military uniform he's got this mustache that's crazy and this mean look on his face <laughs> and he just is like ridiculously intimidating and he just like i don't know how to say it's like almost like superhero it's like he's in there and he's battling through this crowd of people to get this guy that had thrown the shoe or whatever, right? And just everybody is on him and attacking him. And he's, I don't know. It's this crazy action piece. But it's like just a strong way to start this film out. And um, and it takes some turns because like it starts out and you're like, okay, so this is like the bad guy, right? And then it like introduces this other character. Okay, well, this is the good guy. And that's not exactly the way it turns out. Right, you find out that there's layers under this. It's not a short film, so there's kind of like this first act where it's, again, you think it's like bad guy, good guy, and and then like there's this pivot point where you learn more of the backstory, and like oh okay, this is what the story is all about, and um, and things take a totally different turn and go in some different directions, but. <coughs> There's like these huge musical numbers that are in the middle of it, and like these super actiony guys are suddenly doing these crazy, amazing dance numbers in the middle of this thing, and you're like, "What am I watching?" I mean, really elaborate dance numbers and things going on, and like crazy good at these dances that are happening. You're like, okay. This is nuts. I mean, things that you haven't seen here in movies in forever. Like, ridiculously elaborate dance scenes. But there are only like a couple of them in there. And then it's like, no, we're back to the action and stuff now. And you're like, what happened? Um, 
and it just gets kind of wild at the end and I don't know I could just tell you if you're listening to this if any of that sounds intriguing you gotta watch this movie I don't know how to otherwise say it at the end of it I was like what did I watch (laughs) that was like crazy good and just different really different so are you typically a fan of like Bollywood tile? I've never like seen. The, I've never seen. See me before. neither. And I know a lot never. of people are like super into it and they're off the wall and they're crazy and they've gotten different since the special effects have been able to be done like easier, even if it's, it's like got some CG. relatively on a budget. Yeah. Not high end CG. Exactly. Yeah. Just stuff. They were like, I know, I know a guy who can do this for us and, and like, we'll ask him to do it. Yeah. It's good enough. Right, and it's I'm, good enough. I, I, it's, so you mentioned it, and I threw it up here, and man, it's it's like a ninety three, ninety four percent. Like, how is how are <laughs> more people not talking about it? Like, everybody loves it, and it's you said it's not short. It's over three hours long. It's a really like I said, it's almost like two films. Yeah, it's like because again, there's like this change that happens about halfway through, mm-hmm. and then okay, we're going in this other direction now. I really it could have been like two films. Um, and I think you could probably almost watch it that way if you didn't want to mm. sit for the whole thing. Um, but like the the musical part, got, my wife was really kind of interested like at that part. I'm going like, what the heck is this? Yeah. And uh, I, I like the, the action is kind of like that over the top kind of action in a lot Ooh. of places. And sometimes kind of brutal. Yeah. Where I'm like, like this there's this early scene where this person gets hit like with a piece of wood and you're just like going oh my god because the way it's done with this practical effect it looks brutal and so there's some there's some extreme violence that is done for comedic effect that i don't find comedic and what that turns me off of some like types of movies like i remember i want to say it was like shaolin soccer or like rumble in the street like one of those one of those (laughs) But there's like there's like certain scenes that like someone is like hit so hard and they play it for comedy. But I'm like, I, I think that person is going to be seriously hurt by this because it's still so realistic. Yeah, this is not for comedy. Yeah, it's that particular scene is. OK, I have to tell you this, boy, um, I hope you don't like Whitey because uh <laughs> Boy, Whitey doesn't look good in this film, and there's a lot of them getting killed. So, okay. uh, the Brits are not the good guys in this film. Oh, sorry. Well, yeah, uh, speaking about colonization, right? So, that, yeah. that was kind of the assumption going in. <laughs> yeah, they are not the good guys. And that's interesting as well, because you watch a lot of our cinema, the bad guys are always the other, like, the sure. other ethnic people, right? right? And they're or, always or, made that way. Or fancy, or fancy accents like the british or the germans or the russians you know but they're, yeah. they're others besides and then us. you're like oh i'm the, I'm the yeah. bad guy in this movie yeah. which is okay because it was like you're still cheering for him you're like yeah get him um it, it was i don't know man i think you guys should really watch the film <laughs> and check right. it out yeah it's no a, I, I i i added that one to my to my list as well and and just real quick i misspoke a second ago it was a different stephen chow i was thinking of it was kung fu hustle is what i was thinking of oh okay so yeah i would be really curious to hear you guys' thoughts uh, on that one and i could sure. see, i could see you guys enjoying it 
So I want to I want to get some more perspective cool. after having watched. I don't want to be the only person. It's been a long time, but I, I did go through an Indian movie phase like oh, 15 years ago, and I watched a few, and it's Ooh. been a very long time. So this actually sounds like something that could rekindle that kind of interest again, I think. Yeah, after watching I'm like, is there more of this oh, out yeah. there? And somebody tweeted me a couple. So I'm like, all right, I'll see if I can look these up. Yeah, it's a whole thing. But like this one, um, it is English dub. So, and the dub is pretty good. So that, you know, it's, it's not badly done. Uh, I'm sure you could probably watch it, you know, subtitled if you want instead. That was a choice. I watch everything subtitled anyways. <laughs> okay, I don't like subs. I like dubs. Love them. So, but you have a choice, right? You can watch it whichever way you want. Uh, so, yeah, so that one, I don't know. It was just like, to me, it was like something so far out of the blue. And I'm like, why is this such a thing that and, I've and you, not. And you said someone recommended it? Yeah, I heard like on a podcast, I don't know, maybe a month or two ago, and I really didn't even think about it, but I was scrolling through Netflix, and I, I was like, oh, you know, hey, that's that thing, I'll put it on the list, and right. then, you know, I'm like, hey, let's watch this thing, it looks weird, yeah. and uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I was very pleasantly surprised to have found that. It's one of those things where, if nobody had ever said that, I would have never watched this, yeah. never yep. watched this, so yeah, if that, if that influences anybody, give it a shot, it was a lot of fun. Um, up next, I watched Citizen Kane, which it's kind of like one of those things like, you know, like there's certain movies you feel like if you haven't watched them, people look at you like, what do you mean you haven't watched that movie? Yeah, for sure. You know, it, it's like a bedrock film. Yeah. Um, and I feel like this is one of those ones where mm-hmm. everybody, you know, everybody refers to Citizen Kane and us, a lot of people, us, the greatest movie ever made. And after having watched, I don't know if I'd say it's the greatest movie ever made. Yeah. You know, I think I because I, AFI put it as the like they did like their top 100 like back in the 90s or whenever it was. And like it was the number one and it got all this press. So like I feel like American Film Institute is to blame for like giving this movie like all of the hype. And I, I would agree with you. Very, very good. Very important. I, this doesn't even come to mind when someone says what's the greatest, you know, of, of all time. Now, I could say from a filmmaking standpoint, I mean, obviously it's it's. It's an older movie. It's black and white. But the use of lighting in this movie is incredible. Like the way it's shot and the way light is used in this movie is amazing. I mean, that stood out to me a lot. I'm like, they, like Orson Welles got it, right? And he knew how to craft a shot amazingly well. Um, So from a film, you know, from a film perspective totally get it story-wise still solid though right i mean it's like one of those timeless stories that really i don't it's a it's a story of the human condition and so those don't really it doesn't matter what time you watch it in and i think even speaks very strongly to this age that we're in where you know money and love are not the same thing and you can't substitute one for the other and um Wealth is not everything. Uh, and so, yeah, it's a really strong movie, and it's, to some degree, you feel very sad at parts for, you know, Orson Welles' character, um, Charles Kane. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad that I have that piece, and I understand the references, and I kind of get it. 
Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I would say, you know, I, if you haven't watched, if somebody out there hasn't watched it, it's That's yeah. me. It's okay. been on my want to check out list forever. It's just not something you really come across copies of these days. So I might have sure, to go yeah. digital on that one. Yeah, or go to your library. It's probably one of those things a library. Would. I never thought of that. That's a good idea. It's kind of a classic, so it wouldn't surprise me any. Yeah. And uh, just another quick thing just about libraries is more libraries are not just doing um, uh, like digital versions of books. Because my wife like takes books out of our local library on the Kindle. Because you can like link your like library account to it. You can do that with film as well. You can like go to your library's website and there's like a place for you to, you know, like verify your, you know, whatever, like your your membership with the library or something. And there'll be like a, a cycling um, selection of films as well. So we've, we've caught a couple classics that way, too. So it might be worth checking out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can understand why people say it's kind of a bedrock film that most people that enjoy films should probably watch. Mm-hmm. Um and then moving on today, the, the Citizen Kane of superhero movies. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> maybe the opposite of that, but it's okay. Uh, I want to talk about Black Adam because I went and saw that in the theater with my middle kiddo like the other day. I'm just like, you know, this, I wanted to go see it, but I'm like, you want to go see this movie together? Mm-hmm. And uh, my middle kid is, is 13, so just getting to that age where like a lot of these movies are like PG-13, and they're a little violent at times. It's like. Okay, you're at this ripe age where I can start introducing you to a lot of these things. So I'm like, I ain't want to go see this one. Yeah, okay, let's go see it. And uh, they had no idea, right, what it's about or, like, didn't even watch a trailer. And they're like, I just, okay, we're just going to go out and see the movie. And so, you know, we went out and watched Black Adam today. And uh, and I remember, Kelsey, you would put, like, in the Discord, like, ah, uh, I don't know, it's got, like, these bad reviews. And... I, yeah, I was really excited for that at Gotham Knights, and they're both just getting thrashed this week from every critic that I saw. And so I'm like, well, crap, maybe that's not good. But I'm like, if any, I thought if anything else, all right, it's a superhero movie, I'll enjoy my couple hours with it and and have fun, and that'll be that. It was good. It was it was a good movie. Um, you know, again, is it like a, a the greatest superhero movie I've ever seen in my life? No, but I and I had a lot of fun watching it for the two hours. And I think it's I, I mentioned this earlier before we got on the recording, but for those you know here on the show, a couple things let you know a movie's hitting, and that is in the during the showing of the film. There were people clapping and people cheering at moments, right? <laughs> and it's, you know, you're kind of like, you know, we can't hear you, right? But people were, that's it. They were just enjoying themselves and they wanted to, hey, or laugh or whatever the case was. And people were getting into it and really enjoying their time with it. So um, this is the kind of um, origin story of Black Adam. Um in most of the film, he's called Death Adam because it's kind of his origin piece in the story and how everything goes through it. But um, he's kind of that anti-hero, which kind of makes sense because, like in a lot of like comic situations, like he's been the bad guy, right? So, um, like the foil to Shazam and and whatnot. And obviously, in this one, it's The Rock. He's not the bad guy, but he starts out, and even towards it. It, the movie is letting you know he's not your he's not the boy in blue right he's not superman um 
He'll take care of business, but not necessarily, you know, in a traditional superhero-ish way, as far as that goes. Um, but they go through, and of course they introduce his story. Uh, but they do it in like chunks, like flashback chunks in it, so it's not too heavy. And so you get to the plot early on enough, too, where it's like, you don't spend forever trying to get to what you need to get to. There's plenty of action and meat early on, right? And then like, okay, we can intersparse these other people. But I can say as much as the trailers, because I you know, that's enough, and I won't spoil anything else. Like, obviously, it's a brand new movie. People should go out and watch it. But, you know, it has, like, Hawkman in it. Um, and we were talking about this a little bit. Hawkman, which, to me, it's Hawkman. I know who Hawkman is. Um, apparently, he's not as popular to some other people on the show as knowing <laughs> who Hawkman is. But, like, Hawkman's in there, and Hawkman has his uh, mace, uh, and I'm like, that's Hawkman. That's like, Hawkman is that you know. He's got double wings: wings on his helmet, wings on his back. His yeah, and that's it. Like he, he he's Hawkman, and which is interesting because um, I'm don't get me wrong, I'm not a Hawkman aficionado. I don't know the whole lore, uh, but like in this one, he's like ridiculously rich, and he he uh, is kind of the head of the uh, the Justice Society in this film. Uh, but the Justice Society is incredibly small. <laughs> it's really just made up, uh, I guess, of him. And then he, like, he brings a couple people on board uh, on this one. And uh, Waller is, is a part of this one as well. Like They're working oh, together, Amanda Waller. And so you know she's kind of the one that talks with him. And Lord's like, okay, hey, this situation's happening over here and you need to go take care of it. It's a problem. Is it the same actress they had in, like, Suicide Squad? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the same. Okay. Through all of them. Yep. And uh, and so, you know, he's pulled together these this little team. Uh, but he's, like, like crazy rich, right? Like, he's the... I, I don't know. Um, it was probably, like, okay, like, he's, like, the Professor X or something here. Like, he's got, like, this crazy estate and, like, all this stuff going on. And he's got, like, his the hawk jet or whatever right these it's kind of crazy but um there's Hawkman, and then dr fate which i'm not terribly familiar with in this but played by pierce brosnan and, and pierce brosnan's great he's a great actor so um he does of course a really good job in that one and then they um they have um adam smasher but in a way to make it i think obviously more appealing to younger people um what it what the way they did it was this is adam smasher's nephew who inherited his powers you know through through blood right and so but the way they tied it back for um us older people is that uh the original adam smasher lent his costume to his nephew for this mission and it was kind of his first thing so there's you know some throwback for people and then they're joined by um, a character, a superhero I was not familiar with at all, called named Cyclone, uh, which is this younger gal. And she's basically like a, a super genius, uh, technical wizard, um, but also has these wind powers um, that she's gotten. And she receives them through these nanobots. And it doesn't go... She's like uh, not enough of a, a prime character where they don't get deeply into her background, but you do learn like... Um, how a little bit about how she got the nanobots it's not great but now she's got these powers 
um, because of it. And it's kind of cool how, how she uses it. And, uh, and Adam Smasher is kind of the comic relief. Uh, he's, he's a young kid. He's learning his way. And, you know, he's, he's not necessarily great at the superhero gig right now. But he's, uh, he's enthusiastic. I'll say that much. <laughs> and so they all get sent off to take care of, uh, of Black at Death Adam. Uh, at the time and um so there's kind of you know it's also got its two pieces of of the film right there's this first part where it's uh, justice society versus death adam and how that shakes out and then there's like a a second act uh where that character gets to transform and there's another conflict and some other things that are going on which i don't want to spoil but it was it was a fun movie it's like a couple hours long it didn't overstay its welcome. I had a good time with it. I enjoyed it. Uh, my kiddo enjoyed it. Uh, we really had a lot of fun watching it. And, you know, like the teaser at the end was pretty good. Like, okay, yeah, I'm looking for this to come back. Uh, and in, in the film, right before we had a preview for the new Shazam movie that's coming out, and it looked fun and great, just like the last Shazam movie. Uh, and... Even in this one, I mean, because obviously it's somewhat related to Shazam. And there's some... The the humor is funny because it's like... Black Adam is a very serious character, right? But there's enough little bits of humor. And sometimes it's... You know, anyway, I don't want to ruin it. But... (laughs) uh, They're really good pieces. So, yes, I would say... If you think if you want to go watch Black Adam... Or if you saw some reviews that said... Black, whatever, man. Throw that out the window. Go get some popcorn and enjoy a movie, or wait the couple months and check it out on HBO Max when it hits. But yeah, a lot of fun. Really enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, after watching the trailer, I'm really hyped and excited to watch the new Shazam too. Looks like a lot of fun. So DC is doing some good stuff lately. I'm really happy with it. Cool. And then last but not least, I mentioned this the last show. My youngest has been on a Knight Rider kick. I don't know why. Like, every time, it's like, can we watch another episode of Knight Rider? <laughs> I'm like, why are you so obsessed with this? It's the talking car. I mean, just yeah. kid, right? And so we got, like, tonight before the show, we got to the um, first season episode where there's the evil car. Literally, car, right? A-R-R. Right. Yeah, pretty much and um so in this one uh you know my youngest is like oh there's another kit oh it's a copy kit get it <laughs> and until like the name is released and she's just like this this whole time she's like it's copy kit and uh and so we we're having a great time watching and, and that's one of like my favorite episodes i love it when they do the evil twin things in shows you know it's coming from a mile away and if you've never watched knight rider they do the same schlock more than once <laughs> to different characters in the show. Uh, but it's, it was just fun. And, you know, it, Carr, the voice of Carr is Optimus Prime. So, um, Michael Cullen. No, that's that was that was Megatron. What's his name? Oh, okay. Daggone it. Anyway, guy played Optimus Prime. It, it's his voice doing it. It's like the whole time I'm here and I'm just thinking Optimus Peter Prime. Peter Cullen, right? That's right, isn't it? I thought, is that Peter Cullen? Who's I think he's Optimus. Okay. I don't know who Megatron is. Uh, yeah, maybe that's right. Maybe it's Peter Cullen. Um, 
But anyway, yeah, I mean, it's like every time I'm hearing the voice, I'm just thinking, Autobots, roll out, like the whole time you're hearing it. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's great. It's it's a lot of fun. I'm As long as she's having fun watching it, I'll keep popping these episodes on. I'm like, she keeps it like, oh, this car is so futuristic. I'm like, it's a 1982 Trans Am. Yeah. <laughs> but to her, it's so futuristic and it's so yeah. cool. Um uh, so anyway, we're having a lot of fun watching Knight Rider. I'm sure we'll keep sailing through the episodes, and uh, and well, that's it. So yes, we watched a lot of stuff, and I think can't complain. I've been enjoying most of what I've been watching. Awesome, awesome. Um, I watched a bit too. I'll I'll keep mine brief, um, but I finished She Hulk, uh, which I've been watching it with my son and my wife, and. They were both into it until the last episode. They both hated the ending. I loved the ending, but it was very, very weird. I don't know if I've ever seen an ending to a show that was that bizarre. And like, like you know how they do the fourth wall breaking stuff in there? They took that it. to an extreme that is so unusual. Like, they just, they really leaned into that fourth wall stuff. Uh, worked for me didn't work for the other two uh, but I, I thought the whole show was was really great um, watching Andor that one's not done yet but I think we're about halfway through it and it is one of my favorite Star Wars things so far so unless they really watch it in the last few episodes like I, it's it's so good same yeah I forgot to mention it I did watch the fourth episode I am really enjoying it and everything I keep seeing on it is like, this is the best Star Wars show. It's the most adult. It's the most original. It's the most unlike all the other Star Wars stuff. I, I haven't talked too much about it because I'm, I'm so far behind. But yeah, I'm loving it so far. Um, and a show I didn't plan to watch, but I did for some reason. I can't even remember why I started it. But I watched Rings of Power, uh, the uh, Lord of the Rings show. Mm-hmm. And whoa, like it really really impressed me i am so like i watched a lot of lord of the rings i read the books when i was a kid i haven't wanted to rewatch those shows in years because i just felt like once the extended cuts came out i was like that that was so much they were draining to watch they were i like them yeah i never want to watch them again kind of thing this show has me like i'm like oh i kind of want to watch them again now It, like I didn't read the Similarian and like yeah. the the other like extended stuff beyond the hobbit and lord of the rings so I didn't know a lot of this stuff and there was like a twist that like really, really got me. And it's so cool to see these old characters like Elrond and Durin and Gladriel, like doing cool, important things that kind of, you, you know how they affect the story later on. Cause you already know that story. Uh, but well, I, I really, really like the show and like there, there's moments in it that like there, there are things, you know, really, really well from Lord of the Rings you never thought about like whoa how did that happen and seeing how that happened like just was mind-blowing in a couple cases i was hearing about this like none of this is based off J.R.R. tolkien stuff like they don't have the rights to any of the other books to make films on them so they literally like wrote this crap out of nowhere so oh, it's good that I, you like it it's working I, for me i thought, I thought it was it, based more I on thought, the yeah, I thought it was, yeah i thought it was christopher tolkien because didn't christopher tolkien write well, it might be the, it might be this no he found it and like finished it gotcha okay but none of this is big because they were talking about that on this other thing i was listening to and they'll gotcha like now nah, this is just they just wrote this out of 
whole cloth. It's just just a fan fiction. <laughs> well, gotcha. it's a really yeah, good, yeah. high quality, uh, well produced fan fiction. <laughs> yeah, yeah money. So be- between this and um, the drag, the new um, uh, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones. Uh, the series, I haven't been able to summon the will to start either one of them. But Rings of Power is the one that I would start before yeah, the other. Yeah, I, I don't have much interest in, in more Game of Thrones right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it for, for watching stuff. Uh, I've been playing a lot of NES again, uh, revisited a lot of flight sims and racing games in the last few weeks. I actually played the Knight Rider NES game today, so <laughs> I, I, I got to destroy car. Is Evil Kit in there? Yeah. Nice. Oh, it's car. You were saying destroy car. Okay. Is it copy yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How many, how much turbo boosting did you do? <laughs> uh, well, in the game you can like boost so hard you like take off the ground and like do these huge jumps and like shoot down helicopters and stuff as kit does uh, obviously <laughs> um my daughter surprised me um it was my birthday since the last show and like i don't know month and a half two months ago like she's six like she does not have a good memory she's a six-year-old but we were at the the new place of new part-time work and they've got a display case of Switch games in there. And she's like, well, which one do you like? And I was like, oh, you know, these ones would be cool. And, and I showed her Live Alive. I'm like, this like, this is the one. If I had to pick one of these games, like, that's that one I'm, I'd like to try. And somehow she remembered that, like, month and a half later, my wife's like, I don't know what to get your dad for his birthday. <laughs> and she's like, I know. And she took my wife out to a totally different store. Uh, and remembered what the case looked like and ex- described it to my wife. And my wife's like, is it this one? And she's like, yeah, that's the one. She nailed it. Was, I was impressed. <laughs> um, and the only other thing I've really been doing is uh, I've been playing some Yakuza uh, when I've got time as my backlog game. I finally started that. I think I'm probably halfway. I'm just guessing. I didn't want to look up anything. I just kind of want to experience it like how you're supposed to. Um, so I, th- I think I'm around the halfway mark, uh, most likely, uh, but it is like, it's, it's PS2 game and in some ways, oh boy, is it a PS2 game, but in other ways, like, it's like, wow, this was a PS2 game. Like they had some really cool ideas and there's some really dated stuff in it too, uh, gameplay wise. Um, but, uh, I'm enjoying it and I'm, I'm eager to talk about it when we do our, our backlog show, cause there's a lot to dig into. And just before we jump into our topic, um, wanted to give a quick shout out to Game Boy Guru for joining our Patreon. Um, if you're unfamiliar with him, he's got a couple cool things you can check out. Uh, he does his own podcast called Shoot the Core Cast, where they specifically dig into shoot 'em ups every month they play through them and they like they really dig into them like you will learn the history of that game and like how to play it and like advanced tactics like they're really really thorough getting into the shooters um and he's also got a twitch under guru Game Boy, um where he does like pickups and he live streams a lot of the uh shoot 'em ups he's playing and some other stuff sometimes too uh, so yeah we just wanted to thank him and give him a shout out and our topic for today is uh, what gets us excited for new games. Um, we're kind of in that season now where, where big stuff starting to drop like every couple weeks. And we're finally getting past that, that 
COVID hump where everything got delayed for a year or two and then things are starting to come out at a reasonable pace again. So I thought it'd be fun to talk about what gets us excited about these things. Um, so before we dig too far into it, I just wanted to ask you guys right off the top if there is a new game that is not out yet that you're like, yes, I'm going to either pre-order that or like buy it day one or first month. Like, you know you're going to spend your money on something right away. Um, how about you, Chris? Anything on the near horizon in the next like 12 months, say, that you definitely plan on picking up? I'm leaning pretty hard about Tactics Ogre. Um, I don't, I think you've asked me before, I don't really have a, like one PS5 game, <laughs> I think. So, you know, I thought, well, that'd be something good to check out on that. I don't really use the system and it sounds like an interesting thing, especially over the winter, you know, that will make a good kind of plodding through kind of game and um, kind of got that itch again after playing, you know, earlier in the year. Um, outside of that, I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> something we probably don't want to get into too much right now is the whole Bayonetta 3 brouhaha. Um, I, I don't know if there's enough accurate information from both sides out there right now. It sounds really messy at the moment. To know exactly the whole story. So I, I don't want to get into it, but it's, right now it's got me saying, I'm not going to buy that one for now on I want to see what's what, and right. uh, you know, sure. we'll see how it goes. That's not a big deal. Maybe at some point in time in the future. Um, I would like to get No More Heroes three, but you know, money being what it is, and we're getting into the Christmas months where it's not all about like buying me stuff. Um, yeah. I'll probably just try to stick to maybe one thing this fall. Well, Tactics Ogre is a good one. How about you, Bill? What's on the horizon that uh, you think you'll pick up? Anything? So the only things when I was, you know, kind of looking at what's upcoming that there's always things that it's like, oh, like you said, like, oh, like, you know, within like a couple of months, like when the pro when the price drops, like maybe like a tiny bit. Um, but the stuff that are it's like definite, immediate um, pickups um, is a Destiny Lightfall, which is in February. Um, Final Fantasy 16 isn't immediate for me. I've been feeling the itch to play like a kind of traditional Final Fantasy game for a long time. I didn't dislike 15. It just didn't like, you know, kind of like hit with me, um, even though I know a lot of people like it a lot. But yeah, just something about 16. Um, I'm really, really just and maybe just playing six recently just like has me thinking, you know, of the, on the Final Fantasy kind of mind. And it's it's tough to even think about because it's so far away. But Elder Scrolls Six, I wanted to give it a mention, and uh, Starfield. Um, so those are like the ones that are like immediately when they Quite happen. And um, there, there's always going to be other things. I just had it in my notes here. Um, since Game Pass has day one releases, I don't really think of those as like immediate pickups because I'm not like going out spending additional dollars, but those are things that are on my calendar of like, ooh, when this comes out, I'm going to download and play it because yeah, I have Game Yeah, I would Pass. count that if, if you like play in the first week kind of things, kind yeah. of similar idea. Like, yeah. Yep. So yeah, so those are those are the, the, the top ones that kind of came to mind when I was thinking about. And then there was a few cheats that I had on there, like we're going to get the new Pokemon game, but it's for my kids, right? The Scarlet right. and uh, uh, what's the other one? Um violet yeah scarlet and violet or something like that 
And then um, even though I wasn't as big a fan of it as the rest of the world is, um, there's no way we're not getting Tears of the Kingdom uh, when that comes out because my my kids are going to want to play that right away. Uh, My son, 100%. I think that's like the only game that he would pick up right away is Mm -hmm. Tears of the Kingdom. That's the new Zelda we're talking about, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So Breath Breath 2 has been given its full name. That comes out in May. Yeah. New Zealand doesn't get delayed. Yeah, and Z, New Zealand. (laughs) I can't keep the subtitles anymore. There's just too many and too many subtitles. Yeah, no, it's it's something uh, of the something. They're all just interchangeable. Should have just numbered them. Zelda forty. It's kind of like Chinese things. It's always like a combination of like walk and fire and dragon. Yeah, I was really good on the Castlevanias for a while. <laughs> but, but I can't. I can't During do the DSGBA phase, that they, uh, is when they crazy. lost me. Yeah, but like the first one, Circle of the Moon, and then after that, it was like, oh, uh, like uh, Harmony, Harmony of Harmony of Dis, um, Aria of Sorrow, Aria of Sorrow, Portrait yeah. of Ruin. Well, I could. I think I, I got those all in order. I couldn't have told you. That. Yeah, because Portrait was definitely DS. I remember, like, I can see yeah. the the. But yeah, it's um, and then you know, lament of innocence, and you know, like it's. I love that one. Yeah, I, o- I love opera that. of itchiness. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's just. But yes, yeah, it um, and, and uh, it reminds me also of uh, the Assassin's Creed games. They don't have like big subtitles like that, but like no numbers anymore, right? Like after four, it was like uh, Assassin's Creed you know, Word, you know, Origins. origins yeah. And, yeah. It's like when it's like Microsoft's thing, Odyssey. Right? And, uh, when, yeah. Sometimes they want to use numbers. Sometimes they want to use years. Sometimes they're just like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but it does it does make you appreciate like the Far Cries of the world. Like one, two, three. Makes it really four. easy to know. But Although then they then always have like the Primal and Blood yeah, Dragon, right? And, and then Five New Dawn. It's got a number but, and a subtitle. I, and same thing with like because I think Blood Dragon is three Blood Dragon, right? So like there's at least uh, the, so the, I, I think Primal's the only one that's got because they released. But that was it as still that was, that was Four's engine. So they always do the here's the yeah. one with the new engine, and here's yeah. we're using the same engine though. without tweaks, just new content. Right. <clears throat> cool. Um, I had a weird one that like I was totally planning to buy Gotham Knights right up until like this week and, and everyone is bagging on it like I have not like like when we were talking about Black Adam a lot of critics bagging on it but then when people are going they're like yeah I like this this is good yeah. I'm not hearing that from players on Gotham Knights either they're just like yeah it's kind of bad uh, I still really want to play it because there'll be some cool Batman stuff that I'll, I'll enjoy, even if the gameplay is, you know, not great. It'll probably be cheap soon though. If that's that the case. is the one reason I'm not holding off. I'm like, if everybody bags on this for a month, like they're going to drop the price by half. So I'm like, maybe I can pick it up on black Friday for, you know, 30, 30 40, 40 bucks, bucks less. Yeah. yeah. So change my plans just this week on that one. Uh, a game I don't think I'll change my plans on though, is this newly announced Octopath Traveler 2. Mm. that seems to be a given for you yeah i think i'll get that uh no matter what happens Uh, i'm pretty pretty looking forward to that one and like bill said final fantasy 16 is uh i think scratching an itch that final fantasy used to really scratch for me and hasn't for the last several releases this one looks like uh something that might be much more up my alley again I'm, i'm taking a wait and see on that one so Maybe if I hear good enough things, I might dip my toe back in. But cool. yeah. So now that we've got a few games on our list, 
do you, have you guys put much thought into what if the, if you had to like single out one thing what is the reason one of these games like sold you before you've been able to play it or have a demo or anything like what's the biggest reason you're like I'm definitely getting Tactics Ogre I'm definitely getting the next Destiny so for me I mean Tactics Ogre or Ogre Battle is kind of a known quantity you know in terms of quality and this is a remake of sorts um and you know I after playing and it's terrible I can't remember the name of the game right this minute that I played earlier this year oh Triangle Strategy yes that's it yeah thanks Triangle Strategy I was like man it's been a while since I've done this like I really kind of enjoyed that so I think this is another opportunity to do that and um Again, it's going into winter. There's going to be three months of I can't really go outside and do much of anything. So something that's a little more in-depth is fine for that time of year. And I think I can squeeze some time out of it. And uh, and there's not much, you know, trying to think back, like other things, that's it. I would like something to play over then. And So, so did you play the original ogre battles or tactics ogres or any of them no i've not and so that's the thing it's like okay so when you say known quantity are you just going off like it's reputation then mm-hmm. i mean okay. i've watched videos and like reviews and it's kind of a beloved series and uh, i'm like yeah okay i'm i'm getting the itch again i want to do some strategy so this seems like a good spot to go back and give it a shot and like i said it gives me something else to play on my ps5 because i got <laughs> next to nothing on it um I was thinking back, I you know, I, I was kind of really thinking earlier in the year about um, Final Fantasy Chaos, whatever the heck it was called. Strangers um, in Paradise? Something, whatever the heck it's called. But um, knowing it's Team Ninja and watching the DLC releases get dripped out, I just understand that, year. yeah, all I got to do is wait, right? All I have to do is wait until probably spring. And there'll be a game of the year version that has everything in it, and it'll I can just buy one thing, and that's the problem I've had with those Neo games is I'll buy the game and I play it up front, and then by the time the DLC, I'm like I've forgotten how to, the mechanics work, I've forgotten <laughs> everything else, right? And I'm like, oh man, do I really want to go and like relearn all this? And so uh, yeah, either you do a little bit, or you're just like, nah, I don't know, you just don't ever bother. So getting it all in one kit, right. it'll be cool. That's another reason why I wait a few weeks uh, when a show is out, because as much as I should be able to remember what happened in the show last week, like <laughs> it's easier for me if I'm watching them a few days apart as opposed to a whole week. So that's another reason I, I tend to give it a little time and then I kind of yeah. watch it so, more. Fun fact, as a Persona fan, I have never played Persona 3 FES, Persona 4 Golden, or Persona 5 Royal, like all the extended versions, because I got into them too early, mm. and then like a year <laughs> or two later, they put out like, there's 20 extra hours, and new characters, yeah. <laughs> and new social links, I'm like, oh, I would have loved that, like I, I really should wait on those, but I, I just can't to get too excited about them. Yeah, well speaking of Persona, uh, 5 uh, Royal just hit um, Xbox this week. And Switch. Yeah. yeah. So very cool. Welcome. Is that the game that also came out like on PS3 or whatever? That's where I played it originally. Oh I played the God. PS3 version. Because it was supposed to be PS3, 
and it got delayed and delayed and delayed and eventually they put it out they're like it's a ps4 game now but we took enough pre-orders for three we'll still release that version and so i got my ps3 pre-order that i put in played through that has there been any other games that were like triple generational like that i'm trying to think nhl 98 was on genesis (laughs) and playstation that's two generations. I'm talking three. No, Gen- Genesis, Saturn, PlayStation. Oh, yeah, no, because it was the same. Yeah, no, because you, yeah. you had PS3, PS4, PS5 Yeah. for that game, right? Like, but, I don't know if you count all the Zelda remakes from the GameCube onward. They've I mean, all been on GameCube, if you, and then well, if you Wii, count, and then Wii U, and now Switch. But, like, I mean, like, this you, was almost basically, like, it's, like, almost the same game, right? Sky, almost. Sky, Skyrim was The Royale, they've added a lot of extra content, but, like, the engine and stuff's all the same, I think. Yeah, like, Skyrim's 360, and then it made it several yeah. further generations with, like, special editions. Like, because Royale is, is it Royal or Royale? With G's. Uh, I've been saying Royale just okay. to make it sound fancy. I don't okay. actually know. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's because it's it's essentially like you know like a, a you know a special edition like collection mm-hmm. added content type thing. So I, I guess Skyrim would be the only thing I'd equate it to because it spans multiple generations with additional content. Yeah. Skyrim is that game that never dies because they'll you know you know. I, we're gonna get off on a tangent. I'm gonna keep it short. <laughs> Skyrim has been around for a decade, mm. right? Gen- I mean, Grand Theft Auto Five as well. That's yeah. been on like everything. I was using the Connect the first time I played it. <laughs> uh, me too. Yeah, because I wanted to use the voice commands. Who's Roda? Yeah, <laughs> but um, how much do you think that hurts that thing? Like, because the people that played it originally. That was ten years ago. Yeah. Are they even playing games anymore? I mean, I mean, I played Skyrim this week. Yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. I'm just like, oh my, like, how can you let something let, like, uh, okay, I think probably the Dead Space series has had two sequels, died, and is coming back within that amount of time. Yeah, and they yeah. haven't gotten one new game out. <laughs> It's not crazy. in that series. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, obviously the company they've had the it, online yeah. one. Nobody wants that. I think several billion people enjoy that daily. <laughs> nobody <laughs> wants that. No, trust me. If I don't want it, nobody wants it. <laughs> my my uh, brother-in-law bought seventy-six, and he was he's like yeah, I got hosed. Um, it's, it's I have a friend who feels the same way. And then and he's trying to like you know like like recoup some of his investment in that so like every once in a while he's like oh i heard they're like adding this they're trying to make it better i'm like yeah i mean you know i hope i hope it works out for you (laughs) well you could play it on game pass bill if you really wanted to yeah that's true i could (laughs) if i was gonna play a bethesda game on game pass i i could imagine it wouldn't be any other bethesda game So I think we got sidetracked there. I don't know if we actually got an answer from you, Bill, about uh, like one biggest factor that uh, goes into picking a a game you're going to get. Yeah, it's it's there. There's two that come like right to mind when you say that. So one of them, um, and I was thinking about this because like you know when they have like the game shows, like whether it's like you know whether it's this week on Xbox or a Nintendo Direct or Treehouse or um, State of Play or, like, any of those things, 
they'll show stuff, they'll show trailers, they'll show teasers, and they'll show things that kind of get a little bit of hype, but, like, they don't show gameplay, so I'm like, oh, well, like, I always say, like, oh, let me wait till I see gameplay. So what really kind of pushes me, like, there's things that'll be on my radar, and I'm like, oh, that's, that sounds interesting, the world looks like it could be interesting, I like the people that make it, and not always, like, the studio, but, like, the people who are at that studio, because, like, I'll pay attention to, like, oh, it's it's this studio, but it's guys from Criterion when they were making Burnout Paradise, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, I'll kind of, like, think about, like, who's there and, like, what kind of stuff they do. But I-, I can have all those things in my mind, but I'll be like, mm, but I haven't seen what it actually looks like yet, like uh, like The Ascent, which, like, all the marketing material looked awesome, but I didn't know it was, like, you know, the type of game that it was until they showed gameplay. I'm like, oh, it's like, you know, kind of a top-down isometric, you know, Hunter the Reckoning, you know, like that that kind of game. So for me, um, it's the game, it's a lot of factors like I just talked about, like who's making it, um, do I like stuff they've made before, or have I been interested in stuff before, but like maybe it wasn't like the, you know, the, the story didn't click with me or the world didn't click with me. So all those kind of things I t- kind of take into account. But then, like, the last piece that pushes me over is I got to see the gameplay, and the gameplay's got to look like, oh, man, like, that looks like something I would play. And then there's the the last thing is, like, this kind of weird, intangible thing where there's games where all those things have, have clicked for me, and then I've made the purchase. And then, like Chris said, like, you know, when it comes time to, okay, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to fire something up, and you look at your list of games, and you're like, no, I don't really want to play anything. You know, like nothing's really calling to me, even though I just bought like Disco Elysium is a really good example of this. This checks all of the boxes for me. It's got this amazing art style. It's got this really cool world. Lots of cool options. Um, It's it's on the PC, which I'm always like talking about, like, you know, PC gaming. Uh, The price was right. You know, the voice acting is good. Everything about it's good. I fired it up like two or three times and loved it the two or three times I fired it up. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. I can't wait to fire this up again when I have like, you know, some time to sink into it and really get into it. And then I sit down and like, it's just not the thing that I've chosen to fire up since then. So there's this weird intangible that like, even though I think I'm going to play it and then I own it and then I sit down and I'm like, uh, you know, like I'll play some Destiny or I actually want to watch a movie right now or... So it's just a, it's just that weird, you know, and it's hard to define, but, like, there are games that when I have them, I'm thinking about them, like, during the day, and, like, I can't wait to fire this up. And then you get home and you fire it up, and it's, like, everything you wanted. So, uh, and you would think, like, Chris has talked about this before, where, like, you're at an age and you're at a, you know, level experience in your gaming career where you're, like, you get a pretty good idea of what you like and what you know you're going to like to play before you actually play it. Um, and, and I agree with that. But at the same time, there I still get fooled where I'm like, ooh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, this is going to be great. And it just... And it's weird. It's hard to explain, but like I like it. I do. But it's just not the thing that I decide to fire up. I have to like put it on a list and put it on a calendar. And I'm like, I'm going to play this this week. I'm going <laughs> to get through this game and that's kind of like what gets me to push through certain things so so yeah that's kind of like a little bit of what goes through my head when i decide you know what's going to get the call so when you're talking about like gameplay trailer that makes so much sense to my brain but my i love trailers that have no gameplay Mm, 
Because then I can just let my mind go wild. Like I, I get so excited thinking about what this is going to play like, and and I have no actual idea what this is going to play like. Do you ever get burned? And, oh, constantly. But like sometimes that's fun too. Um, yeah. and sometimes I discover something new that's like way different than I even thought it would be. Yeah. But it's cool, different. Like, yeah. Uh, my my wife gets mad at me all the time. Like when we go to a restaurant, she's like, "We're paying a lot of money for this meal. Just order something you know you like." And I'm like, "Oh, but this thing I've never had before, and this sounds really interesting." And then Same. I'll get it, and she's like, "How's your meal?" I'm like, "Eh, <laughs> like it's it's okay. It's not great." Yeah. And she's like, "Why didn't you just get the thing you like?" And I'm like, "I just rather know that yeah. now I don't like this thing." I'm like a hundred percent the same way where like i want to explore i want to you know, like find the new i'm like I, I could be missing the thing that like I yeah. and sometimes and it works and sometimes it doesn't man, the like maybe nine times out of ten it doesn't work but mm-hmm. the time it does work like i feel like it makes up for all yeah. the bad times like That's it like, feels yeah. so good to discover something new yeah and and this the, and you saying this like it sounds familiar like we might have like had this uh, discussion before and I, I i don't know if i mentioned this to you the last time uh we talked about this but it was like that for me with um enslaved where i like saw some gameplay but it was mm. all such quick snippets like within the trailer it just kind of would cut to like monkey like do like swinging his weapon and that kind of pulled <laughs> yeah. away so you didn't actually see what the combat flow was like. So then once you actually got into it, it was still like, like, ooh, this isn't, I thought it was going to be like very hack and slash, not very like give and take and kind of like pick your spots and like, you know. So yeah, it, it's, uh, it's when it hits, it's great because it's like, ooh, this is, I, I kind of had an idea it was going to be like this, but there's like an extra twist to it. And um, what's it called? Hellblade was the same way. Where mm-hmm. like you kind of knew what oh, that combat was, was going to be like. But, Actually, that one I had no idea what I was getting into mm-hmm. combat-wise, yeah. and it was very surprising. Wow. You know, another one that just popped into my head, and, and I don't know, I, I probably again financially, I'm probably not going to bite bite on it. But otherwise, I think if I had some money laying around, I might. And that's that new Atari Fifty collection. That's I am coming so out. excited about that one because <laughs> oh, I'm thinking unreal. like, man, I could. The only reason I keep my Jaguar around is for Tempest 2000, really. Tempest, so, yeah. And so, you know, hey, if that was just that one game in there, uh, but it's got all those other crazy it's ones got on nin- there. Ninja Golf. Yeah. That's all you need. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but, like, to have some Jaguar games in there, it's like, whoa, okay. And some of the old computer games and arcade stuff, like there's Major Havoc's going to be in there, and that's a game that I've always thought was really cool. Um, and, like, watching their Twitter feed, like, they're showing, they're like, we're going to have like a, a video, like all these videos in there too, of like the original creators, like talking about making these things. And some of them even came back to like make sequels or like remixes of these old games. Like, Oh man, I am super pumped for Atari 50. Yeah. And I also, I also love that it's on going to be on Epic and steam. So it's just going right on the wish list, And then we'll see uh, once that uh, gets down to a good spot. And one thing I forgot too. see, we're talking about new games and the next one. Street Fighter Six will be out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's probably early review. next year. Yeah. So yeah, that'll... do yeah. they have a date on that yet? Uh, they say twenty twenty three, but if you know the Capcom Cup schedule, they'd have to do it before they start Capcom stu- Cup stuff for next year. So I'm I'm gonna imagine it's probably gonna be around like March. Gotcha. gotcha. And then do they do like obviously they do like a you know uh, like seasons right where they release like fighters and stuff. So there'll be like mm-hmm. a like a $99 year edition or like, I don't know what they call it when they kind of give you the year's worth of content. 
they haven't talked about how they're going to do it financially. If it's mm. like Street Fighter Five, yeah, they do seasons. But mm. what will happen is this first will just be the base game, right? And so you'll have that for a year, and then they'll then they'll do. And usually, what they do there is that you can either buy the characters individually, uh, or you can buy a, a season pass and just get all of them when they release. So um, I'm guessing that's what they'll do. In Street Fighter Five, there's also in-game currency you can earn to buy it that way if you want to. If so, if you yeah. play a lot, you don't have to buy. But um, like watching the Street Fighter Six beta, they've added a lot of stuff into this game. I mean, there's like an open world thing, a create a character <laughs> thing. I mean, there's like they're gonna rotate in in an arcade where like classic Capcom arcade games that you can play. So I mean, oh, it looks like cool. they're doing a lot of cool things with it. Very cool. Right well, that that's actually a really good segue into the next topic where I was going to ask you guys uh, what, if, if you've got a beloved series that's got something new coming out in it, like what is the thing that you're looking for to, to push you over the edge where you're going to buy it? Like what's the thing you've seen about Street Fighter Six where you're like, I love Street Fighter 2 through 5, so this this is why I have faith in Six that it's going to be what I want. So... I would say out of all the Street Fighter games, five is the one I probably like the least. Um, and everybody knows that like the launch was not great on that game, right? And there's a lot of problems. <laughs> yes, I do. That was one problems. of those ones I got burned on when I bought it right yeah. away. <laughs> and I bought it at the beginning, and I played it. I mean, but it was super duper bad, bare bones. And they've already gone out of their way this time to show everybody, and they've already they did a public beta like about a week or so ago too. Yeah, where like look look at all these features we've put into this game, right? Like it's not we're not we're not doing that to you again. And the person that's in charge that was in charge of four and five is no longer around. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's you know it's new guys, and uh, so is that exciting or scary? I think it's good because Ono, who had, who was the force that relaunched four, yeah, and then pushed five. Yeah, so his watch was all <laughs> of the kind of the fiasco around the beginning of five, and you know, kind of some of that. And so the guys that are the two that are in charge now took over several years back, so they have several seasons into their belt. They've added new mechanics into five. And they've done rebalancing. So they get that. And, but like any Street Fighter game, they're allowed to do their own thing for the next one, right? Like certain basic things have to be in place, but they're allowed to do new mechanics and things. So it just looks like it'll be more fun. Cause like now in Street Fighter, like ranked or like online fighting, it's about it. I mean, there's some other, it's really about it. And so this one's going to have a lot of fun stuff in it. So to me, for like a series, A, that holds a lot of weight for me. Like, if I know I like a series, I'll usually go in. Sometimes I get burned. Like, I would spell out Dead Space 3 in giant bold letters on that one. (laughs) I was day one on that guy, and man. Mm. I played online through the whole game with a friend. That was a fun experience, but the game wasn't good. It was not a good game. Uh, but more often than not, I'd say it works out in my favor. So usually, if I feel like they respect the material, and it's a 
it's got weight behind it i'm usually willing to give it a go well so for you bill like something like destiny like when a new expansion comes out do you just feel like i have to do it because i'm so ingrained in this world or do you actually get like really excited about them sometimes and other ones you're like yeah this expansion doesn't look as exciting as the last couple yeah for sure it's it's like that so um and because the series has been around for so long now and we have some history with destiny one um so like a couple expansions ago was shadow keep which brought back the moon as a location which isn't just like exciting because it's the location it's where the crota's end raid was the second raid in the game it's a massively important um, location story-wise. Um, there's some really great strikes that happen there. The Hive are a very, very important, probably like arguably the most important uh, enemy race in all of Destiny. And the Moon is kind of you know central to their presence in our in our system. So Shadowkeep was very, very, very exciting because of this location coming back but you could see that they were expanding that they're that the moon has changed since the last time we were there that you know the uh uh the the hive that have you know shown up there like so there, there's so that that's an example of an expansion i was like super excited for and then the one after that was beyond light which introduced this new uh planet we've never been to called europa and like oh you know we're gonna see it's gonna you know the history of clovis bray who's this also very like pivotal uh important character in the destiny lore and i wasn't as excited about that expansion because it's like well it looks cool but it just kind of looks like your generic snowy planet and like i'm i'm sure it'll be good and the store will be good but like there was nothing you know and because like they'll they always show kind of like you know here's the new location here's what some of the new weapons look like we're gonna do and they they try to keep some stuff close to the chest or like there's gonna be a raid there's gonna be a dungeon there's gonna be new strikes but like they kind of want you to experience that stuff as it comes out fresh and like i kind of get that but yeah there are some expansions that i'm like ooh, i cannot wait and then there are others where i'm like uh you know like i'm not really feeling it so much i do almost always get them because the um and I and I've never you know regretted purchasing any of them, but because of the way the game works, like you know the game launches and like many games that have like season passes or battle passes, you kind of have this you know experience track that you're going on that you kind of like earn rewards that you can use like as you kind of level up, and when a new season uh, forget a new expansion when just a new season of Destiny starts, uh, even if I haven't been playing for weeks and weeks. I will log in that week. I'll start the seasonal story. I'll kind of see what the seasonal loop is. I'll see what the weapons look like, see what the, you know, like the perks are, what do I have to work on unlocking, and I'll kind of get myself like a mental game plan. Okay, you know, like when I log in on Tuesdays or Wednesdays, this is what I'm going to do. And then I'll see, okay, like what's the the raid, you know, going to be like. Um, but yeah, it's um, the, so the, the Lightfall, which comes out in the, in uh, February, I would say I'm leaning a little bit more towards the slightly more conservative or, you know, uh, I don't want to say cautiously optimistic because I, I really am excited to play it. But it's like, all right, it's this n new planet we've never been to before. We're going to meet this like whole other faction of, you know, humans and like guardians that we like weren't aware of before. And that's always a weird thing. It's like, how do we know about everything in our solar system but like we didn't know about these guys that are you know on and i don't i can't remember if it's neptune or like a 
a moon of Neptune, but it's like in that area. It's okay, they just this, there's they so just, many moons we can't know them all. They had their yeah. phone number unlisted. That's how we yeah can, yeah. yeah. There's, there's something they were they were you know they were out of out of reach out of service, but they're like oh so there's new location this new faction and I understand they want to keep things close, and they're like oh so there's a uh, it, it was always um, there was three elements in the game. And then they've added like a, a fourth element in the Beyond Light, which is the darkness, which is a stasis. Man, are they uh, gonna add? So they've added <laughs> another the fifth element. They've added the fifth element in the game. Uh, is it love? Which, which is it Lilu? <laughs> it's love. <laughs> Multipass. So that they're calling it Strand, and they've shown some, uh, and they've shown some some gameplay footage. And of all the things that they're talking about, all the things I love, I love jumping in and doing a raid every week. I love, you know, like searching for new weapons and new perks and finding things that are cool and doing the seasonal storyline. But like, this is the one thing that has me like, ooh, this could like totally change the way the game is played. Um, So Strand is an ability um, that allows you to kind of tap into this life force that's all around us, just like the force in Star Wars and use it in different ways so like one of the ways you can do this is just by you know like reaching out and this kind of like you know uh this like you know rope or tether kind of materializes and you can like pull yourself forward with it like um almost if you've seen um in uh, the new uh, halo um uh single player game you have that like kind of like grappling hook type thing oh, yeah. and you can yeah. just keep pulling yourself forward you know like on but you gotta latch yourself just like the hook shot, right? You got to latch it to something, whether it's the ground or like something. So this, since you're just, it's this force that exists all around us, you can just pull like on nothing. So like, that's one piece of it. Another thing you can do is kind of like summon these things and like use them as weapons. Um, do, they, it's, do they call that death stranding? Uh, death stranding. <laughs> yeah. Norman like Reedus in this one. I like where this is going. Yeah. Reedus, Reedus, Waller Bridges. Um, but yeah, so uh, it, it kind of depends. Like, with with destiny it's always i can honestly like i know there's been a few people who kind of feel like oh you know like i wish they would have included this with this package or i wish they wouldn't you know kind of nickel and dime you on some of the cosmetic items i've never felt burned on any destiny purchase um i've ever made the with the one possible exception being i did pre-order like the the you know deluxe edition before like destiny one came out and since Destiny 1 didn't click with me, vanilla Destiny 1 didn't click with me because, like you said, very similar to Street Fighter V, when it first came out, it was the barest of bare bones. People played it for, like, several hours, beat the main campaign, and was like, is this the game? Is this all that there is right now? And that was all that there was right then. A few months later, we had a very, very, very good raid. And then a few months later, we had a second okay raid. But people could at least see what the game was trying to become. And then when Destiny 2 happened, it was kind of the same thing all over again. It was very, it was vanilla, it was bare bones. Didn't seem like they learned their lesson from the first game, but it's been on like a pretty good trajectory um, ever since they kind of got out of uh, uh, those vanilla days. So, um, so yeah, I've, I've never regretted purchasing it. But yeah, it does, um, it, it is different. So, and I've said this before, I find it hard to get excited about something that's really far away. It's really kind of got to be like a few weeks or a month or so away. And it's funny because I think about um, 
when it when it when the year changes before something comes out, it just, it feels further away than it is. Like right now, it's like oh, like I can't get excited about it. Like it's like all the way like next year. But then when you look at a calendar, it's like yeah, it's only like a few months away. Like if it was January and the game was coming out in April, I'd be like, oh man, it's so close. It's almost here. And like that's <laughs> like the equivalent of what it is, right? So, uh, uh, yeah. So and then. Um, I know I mentioned trailers before, but the the trailer is really kind of what shows me the new thing in in that series that they're trying to trying to convey. So, uh, Bungie does these um, uh, uh, they call them um, Vidox, um, which is just their word for you know when they do like a video uh, on the new game, and it's essentially like an extended trailer. So they don't just put out a trailer; they'll put out like a fifteen minute kind of combination of like you know developer interviews um you know uh little like vignettes of like you know different features and areas and stuff so so yeah i I show me the video show me the location you know show me what i'm going to be doing and like let me kind of and i'll tell you the least enticing thing is pre-order bonuses do not care do not give me um you know oh you get this so i i with the with the little exception of like I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to get your money right now. They're like, hey, if you pre-order, we'll give you this exotic weapon in the game now. Like, not when the game launches. You get to use it now. And, like, I understand that tactic, but, like, you'll never get my pre-order dollars. Like, it's not worth it for me to give you maximum dollars when... That money's already put aside for Pop-Tarts and Mountain Dew bonuses. (laughs) Can't be spent on pre-orders. Rockstar and... um, Slim Jims. What do they do? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, whatever, whatever they want to sell me. Uh, fool me once. <laughs> no, more, no, more, no more Pop-Tarts for me. So when I wrote that question, I was not thinking of like a games of service game in mind. So that was really neat to hear because like you're essentially playing the game up until the day the new part of the game comes out. So you've got a really good basis for what you're moving into. Whereas something like Street Fighter Six, unless they do like an open beta or something, you really a lot more in the dark about what's going on yeah and and so there are times when i'll there'll be like a little break it's like all right i've done all the things that i want to do and since the power cap is going up when the thing launches there's nothing that i can do right now to get more powerful but i that same thing will mean more to me in a few weeks so there's almost like a mm-hmm. built-in um buffer like a built-in break where like you just kind of stop playing a little bit with the exception of some of the hardcore guys will um uh will um farm uh bounties and then just hold on to them and then when the day the new thing comes out they'll redeem those bounties for like an instant you know like five or six or seven level gain because that experience will you know apply to their their new levels but I've never found that process to be worth the effort for me, but you know, for guys right. that uh, you know play a ton or like do it for a streaming audience or something like that. But yeah, we 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 do play pretty much you know up to a release or you know within a few weeks. Cool. Um, so for me, I'd like to use that Atari Fifty as an example for this actually, uh, because. Digital Eclipse uh, kind of got on my radar when they did the first Mega Man Legacy collection, mm. and I like. There's been anthology collections and, and stuff for forever, like Mega Man and Atari and Namco and Activision, you name it. And 
I remember them during like the PS1, PS2 era being really bare bones. Like you'd open it up, you might have a nice menu, but sometimes not, and you just like punch the game you want to play and play it and, and hope it was a good version. Um, but with that Mega Man Legacy Collection, they added a bunch of extra stuff. It was like, oh, here's some uh, remix stages, and here's like, and, and they made sure the games played as close as possible as they could to the originals. And they added extra stuff, like here's some boss designs, and here's some like key art and things. And then over the years since then, when they've done like the SNK collection and the um, Disney stuff, uh, they keep adding to what they're doing. So they still have all the other stuff, but they're also like, oh, hey, and here's like the CES video of them like showing you the Lion King uh, was coming out for the Super Nintendo. And then you had like the whole video that someone taped on their camcorder in the mid 90s uh, at a CES show, which was really neat. And then the SNK stuff, they added like the the game could like autoplay up until a point and then you could just take over whenever you wanted uh, which was really cool for some of these old really brutally hard arcade games um, plus they keep adding like you know save states and, and uh, fast forward and rewind functions and stuff like that that just make them fun to tinker with too um, so seeing the Atari collection and like how they're expanding on that more with like really celebrating the history and, and getting all this new content as well as all the old content and making it more like a museum than just a collection of all these old games. Uh, it, it's cool to see a company on like an upward trend like that. So that gets me really excited for it. And sometimes other companies do that too, like Capcom's on like a really good kick the last few years. So anytime they announce something new, they're like, Hey, a new resident evil or a new um, Mega Man thing. Um, it, it's easy to get excited because they they it feels like they're in a, a good spot at the moment yeah Does that makes sense no i know where you're coming from a digital eclipse because yeah i think that's the thing that stands out is like the people that are part of that team they care about the history and they care about the content themselves it's not just a gig mm-hmm. right they personally are interested and involved in this stuff so they want to go dig out that Give me all this old stuff. Let's get, let's cram this in. Can we, cr- and they're out there asking, like, can we get this? Can we jam this in? And I remember, like, on the SNK collection, they were digging through, like, weird, ancient SNK arcade games that nobody cared about. And they're like, can we get this in there? And they're like, yeah, okay. Um, so to me, yeah, developer and the people behind a lot of these things a lot of times it's pretty huge like studios and things you get to know like okay I like the quality of these people's work and so when they put something out I'm going to pay attention to what they're doing yeah that's why when like a new like Konami was just announced the Silent Hill stuff recently a few days ago and everyone was like you know is this going to be really terrible or is this going to be really bad And and you have no way of knowing until you see it Whereas when Capcom's like, hey, we're going to show you Street Fighter Six, I think everyone's kind of like, heck yeah, like they're on a good trajectory right now. Street Fighter Six, you know, we're, we're hyped for it. We're feeling confident in them. Yeah. And um, I mean, at least like in the Street Fighter, like once the new people took over, they really took a, a different tack to it where they did like regular updates to the community and like this is what we're doing this is what we're thinking this is what we're playing and we're going to drop you some little hints about things and really mm. taking in feedback and putting that towards things 
Um, I get that, you know, I'll use the example of FromSoft, right? <clears throat> Playing Elden Ring. Okay, Elden Ring uh, has been out for six months now. Is that it? Wow, it feels like that game's been out for so much longer. Yeah, it was around six months. That's this year, yeah, that's right. Jeez. And, um, and they just recently dropped another patch where they... One of the big things, like the big community of people that play this game, like the PvP, right? It's always been a thing with this Souls games and all that. And um, it's always seemed to have kind of taken a back seat, but they know that's the thing that keeps the game played for like a long time. So they really suddenly took the time to like re- whole rework the PvP damage system. Like before it was always whatever the damage that your weapon did to enemies that's the damage rating it did to people and but like in this game they've amped damage levels way up and the levels are higher in this game when you get towards the end than like they have been in previous games and so it's that's been a struggle in the pvp community and so they listen and they're like look we've we've implemented a whole new damage system strictly for pvp and so everything for pvp we're scaling all this stuff in these ways so you can better enjoy those fights and now that won't affect at all the people that like to just play the the pve stuff right and that's never been a thing before so you know six months out of the game they've reworked a whole big system and put that out for free and of course there'll be dlc and things i'm sure coming they've not announced anything but seems inevitable at this point in time so i really like that when the developers are involved and you know they're plugged into what people want and what their people like from their stuff Mm -hmm. so most of what we've been talking about is like series we're familiar with like street fighter bayonetta final fantasy destiny like the atari collection gotham knights i'd say is even in that realm uh, what does it take to get you excited for a brand new IP? You've, you've never played this game before. Uh, you have much less of an idea of what it's going to be. Um, how do you get excited for something like that? So the biggest thing for me, and I've said this a bunch of times, is gameplay. Mm-hmm. So if it's a brand new IP and I got nothing to fall back on, it's going to take two things. Number one, who's the developer? Have I ever heard of you ever? And what are you known for? And how, again, kind of going back to what we just talked about a minute ago, what's the quality of your work and how much do you pay attention and, mm-hmm. and are engaged in your product? What if it's like a new indie developer? Like you just. Okay. And no then idea. second is it's all about the gameplay, man. It's just it's all about the gameplay, and if you are offering me the types of gameplay that I like, I'm going to pay more attention to what you're doing. I probably am not going to bite out of the blue, and maybe not be a day one, but I'll pay attention and look at some really like, like. Can th- you think of a single example of where you have where you've like this new thing looks really cool? I'm going to get it right away. Has that ever happened for you, Chris? I'm sure it has in the past. I would has it happened recently? I mean, I don't know. You could say like Triangle Strategy is new, but obviously Square is known, right? Yeah, but that's a known I mean, and the team was kind of known too, right? But they'd never done anything like it before. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, that one when I was willing to go on. They put a demo out, too, so that made it pretty easy. Yeah. Um, it's really hard from, like, unknown indie developers. Probably the last one I did that was Necropolis, and that's been several years ago. I plunked down for Necropolis right away. I did play it quite a bit. It was an indie game. I enjoyed it. Um, I don't even know that one. And I did it because of gameplay. Because, like, oh, here's this gameplay loop and mechanic that I like. Okay. I'll go for this one. What about some of the like uh, like Souls like games? Like you picked up like Lords of the Fallen oh, yeah. and and Neo and stuff pretty early, did you not? Yeah, but I mean, I would say to a degree. Again, we're not talking unknown indie developers, right? Like Team Ninja. Team Ninja, yeah, did Neo. Who did Lords of the Fallen? I can't remember. Um, oh God, that was some uh, European developer. They. Um, I've done a couple other games as well. I can't think of their name right now. And uh, there's a new Lords of the Fallen game coming out. Um, I think next year. Um, yeah, I don't know if I was thrilled about Lords of the Fallen. Uh, I played through it. It was right. It was a decent attempt. Um, was it just like you're like I love this genre, the style so much? Like just give me whatever. Yeah, you it's kind of right like um, dang it, what was that anime one? Code, Code, Code Vein. Vein. Yeah. I was just thinking like, that I too, bought yeah. Code Vein like when it came out. Same idea, right? I'm like oh, because I like this kind of play, right? And I like these mechanics, and you know, when I know that's like there's this particular itch that it's gonna scratch, I'll go for it. Right. Ones that are tangential. You know, I'll, I'll give so even though it's new, it's familiar enough. Yeah, usually you're like, okay, I kind of know what I'm getting into here. And like Bill was mentioned, I mean, I've said it before, I, I kind of know the genres and things I'd like. And, um, you know, I'm never going to, you know, I understand some people like, like Pamela's like point and click games, right? I'm never going to be like, yes, new point and click. That's so for me. I'm going to give it a shot. It's not happening. I'm just not going to do it. Um, Walking simulators, you know, I, I, games that are all story and no gameplay. I don't care. I, mean, I can watch that on YouTube. And I'm not that I hate it, or I'm like, God, I can't. It's just, it's not for me. You know, I'm, I know a lot of people love that stuff. Um, to me, I, yeah, I can watch somebody play it on Twitch. I just don't, I don't care. How about you, Bill? Uh, what gets you excited for a new IP, not something you're as familiar with as we've been talking about? Yeah, so I was I, I was thinking about this, and I so I looked at a few examples of, of you know new IPs that I've jumped into, and Chris already mentioned, so I'll try not to, to repeat things he said. But uh, who's the developer? Have they done things that I like? And if it's not a studio or developer that I know, is it people that were working at a studio or developer that I really liked, and they are now doing this new other thing? Um, and I, I was big into that for a while, like when I was like, oh, like, uh, um, I love Minerva's Den, and that was Steve Gaynor, and Steve Gaynor is on the Irrational team doing Bioshock Infinite. Like, I, I would kind of like know like what people were kind of popping around, and the guys at Criterion that did Burnout, they, uh, a bunch of them, like, split off, and like they were at this like little indie studio that had like a 10 by 10 booth at PAX East a few years ago, and I was like, you guys made Burnout Paradise, like, like you guys, like right here, and now you're doing it. No, it's just, like, it's just surreal, like kind of like you know, seeing like the way that people kind of pop around. So that that's a big piece of it. Um, but trying to, um, you know, think of what what you know, 
uh, gets it working for me. Um, it comes down to an interesting world for me. Um, I, I do really, I do value the story and especially it's ever since Outer Wilds, the discovery um, of, uh, you know, the story and the worlds um, within the game. Uh, Outer Wilds is really what kind of like made me realize that's something that I really care about because a lot of times in games I would kind of gloss over like, you know, you find a book in Skyrim and like I don't read most of those books. I just put them down <laughs> yeah. and I keep going. But in Outer Wilds, you have to read that stuff and it gives you clues as to why the people were there and what they were looking for, what they figured out and where they went from there. And you're like, okay, so I went to the Addle Rock. I found out that Gabbro was here and he and Rebek couldn't make the eye, of the, the eye of the Universe signal locator work. They could make it see these planets, but they couldn't make it locate the eye of the Universe. So they had to go somewhere else that had more power. Gabrik went to this planet, Rebek went to this one. And now your ship logs updated. It's like, okay, well, I got to go to those two planets. I got to find out what happened to Gabrick and Re Gab Gabriel and Rebek. And that's kind of like the entire gameplay loop of that um, uh, of that game. Um, and the world is so interesting and beautiful. And every time you would discover something, it just like made you want to like you know keep going with it. So, and that's what kind of what I realized. Like, what I love about Destiny so much is the world. Um, and there's a lot of things that make that up. It's not, it's, you know, yeah, it's partially visual. It's some of it's the music, some of it's the characters, some of it's the story, but all of that is all of the world. So it's, it's hard for me to put a finger on and say, if it has this feature, I will give it a chance. Or if it has this, I'll give it a chance. It really mm -hmm. is kind of like a holistic, uh, you know, all those pieces kind of coming together. Um, and, uh, like I mentioned before, um, Disco Elysium, um, you know, sometimes I don't know what I want and <laughs> I think yeah. and, and then I see something and I'm like, ooh, this is and, and like uh, our, our buddy Sean, when he did the um, when the press play cast did um, uh, blank on the name control, uh, the remedy game. He's like, this is checking all the boxes for me. Female lead, you know, like uh, the like kind of supernatural, like the third person, just all this like different stuff. And he's like, and just did none of it clicked for me. And uh, so, yeah, sometimes, you know, you think you know what you want and it just doesn't work out that way. But, uh, yeah, for me, um, I don't have I'm, I'm, I'm not like Chris where like, you know, for me, it's like gameplay is obviously very important. But Outer Wilds, you could argue, is completely story driven. Um, there's no combat. There's, you know, there's some platforming obstacles. and there's You, you have to constantly fight the controls that. You, yeah, there. you must you <laughs> must learn <laughs> how to use your triggers and your oh, sticks man. at the same time. I could never get good enough at moving in that game. Uh, so, which is why the first thing they give you when you get there is like that little remote control ship to like get good at moving around. And then uh, I, I am it's one of those things that like I never thought I'd be good at like Resident Evil tank controls until just all of a sudden I was good at it. Like I just knew even when the view changed, just keep holding forward. And then, oh man, he's coming towards me now. Well, I'm still just holding forward, so I want to turn that character to the right, and that's what I did. And like, you just eventually, you know, it kind of clicks with you. But yeah, uh, I didn't think my kids would ever get good at piloting that ship. They're like, hey, like you got to land the ship it's for impressive. me. Impressive. And and then the other, then you start to realize there's that little like gyro in your view, and when you press the right trigger, you can see that the booster on the bottom is going. 
and whatever you press it glows on what booster is showing so then when you go to slow down you like hold back on the stick and you see the booster in front of you is going so it's slowing you down so you kind of get like a little visual uh, cue as well to kind of assist you in getting better at that um but yeah so um i it's it's it really is the world and so when, when i think of that with like you know final fantasy with zelda with skyrim um the world is what draws me in uh the characters um uh, it's hard to say this because the story you know can't really draw like when someone says like oh like here's the story it's uh you know it's a kingdom and the king has died and the son is trying to figure out who, like that doesn't interest me at all like that the story comes later so for me it's mm -hmm. just like show me the world let me see the characters let me kind of see how they interact um, you know, like, where are we technology-wise? Is there magic? Is there, you know, like, what kind of, where are we in the, in, in a game of civilization? Like, what, what age are we in? You know, like, have we, are we still working with fire in medieval times? Or have we, have we moved on from there? So, but yeah, it's, uh, it's totally the world, the world for me. And then it kind of goes off from there. Yeah, I'm pretty similar in that regard. I can actually think of an example where I saw a trailer and it was just world building and I was like, oh man, I want this. And then they showed gameplay and I was like, oh, maybe I don't want this anymore. Yeah. Was that, uh, uh, it's called Forspoken now, but when they first showed it, it was Project Athia. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this looks like a cool world. This this girl's like running around, she's got magic. She looks like she can really traverse around here. And then they started showing more gameplay of it. And I'm like, oh, this doesn't look like what I wanted anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're uh, talking about like reasons that make you go for no bite and like who made it. Does that ever burn you guys? Cause I can think of like, like the one I would think yeah. of all the time is like Suda 51, right? <laughs> to me is like the, so like all over the map. He's so experimental, though, yeah. Right. Like, some of the things he's done, I've really enjoyed. And then I'm thinking, like, whatever that one game was with the living gun, man, I did not like... And he did the other one with The Killer is Dead. I did not like that game at all. Yeah. It's just... And, I, it's... Uh, it's, it's pro like, I've talked about my, my Big Burn at length, and I don't need to go into it more, but there was a time when I was just so, so thrilled with square i had played like you know several square games and i was like like banger 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 i whatever and then the art for this game looked really good uh the cover looked really good and we all hated has, 12 bill it's okay it, yeah and when has there been a good cover for a video game and the game was bad so i figured like it's I never happened super never happened. safe with this pick but yeah i like no sight unseen i bought the last remnant like day one <laughs> And this <laughs> was the hottest pile of garbage. Like I probably played it for like two hours, and I was like, I could already tell this. This was a bad idea. Yeah. And um, that's probably when I started. Instead of just looking at the, you know, the the publisher, producer, uh, developer, that's probably when I started looking at names. Okay, was <laughs> Sakaguchi in on this? <laughs> you know, was. Was uh, you know any any good people uh, you know so um but yeah that's that's my my big one that I've mentioned a handful of times before and then I think the other one was um uh, uh with um I'm not an enormous uh, shooter fan but sometimes um like I I've played some Gears games the single player has all been really good and then Cliffy B did that game what was it Outriders. 
Was that Cliff Lawbreakers? Lee? I can't remember that. He did Lawbreakers. I can't remember who did Lawbreakers. Lawbreakers. Law, law, law lawbreakers. lawbreakers. Yes. Yeah. So I so that was an example where like I was like, oh, Cliffy B's doing a thing. Okay, like I'll I'll give it a look, but like it wasn't like a genre that like I was like super into, and it felt like more like a, a PvP like focused thing, like a service game, like an Overwatch type thing. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, like I, I you know. It's, Oh, that's that's what it was leading me to. I, I couldn't remember where my brain was taking me. Um, I really, really loved um, Borderlands, and then uh, Borderlands, or sorry, Two K and Gearbox. More, more so, Gearbox, because Two K was the publisher. Gearbox was like, oh, we got this new, uh, you know, kind of hero shooter. Like it was, it was going to be competing with Overwatch. No one even remembers this game. These two games came out like right around the same time, and it's like, oh, like which one's going to be the thing? And obviously Overwatch was awesome and nobody even remembers Battleborn. Um, but they were there was a time when both these games, like these were the two, and it's like, you know, what does Blizzard know about making a shooter? You know, like look at Gearbox. They've done Borderlands, Borderlands Two, like they've got uh, like all this experience. Yeah. And Battleborn was in the five dollar budget bin at Target like eight days after it came out. It like just fell off the planet. So yeah, that was that was I, I didn't purchase it, but I that was one where I witnessed other people getting burned uh, on you know just following the oh Gearbox knows what they're doing right, and it's like an anthem right I mean yeah and and oof, and, and, yeah. and that's and that's tough because and so that one they didn't show gameplay for a long time they showed that video of like you know Iron Man you know kind of flying around and it's like hey the traversal looks cool but I don't play a game to traverse the environment, so, like, show me some combat. And then they showed some combat, and I'm like, okay, I'm not really a third-person shooter guy. I don't hey. play a game to traverse the environment after talking about Outer Wilds for how long this episode? No, 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 I don't play a shooter. Like, I don't play, like, a Destiny-style game to, like, fly around. Um, and also, there's purpose behind my traversal yes. in, in the wilds. So if I'm just trying to get to a place to shoot a guy, it's like, all right, get me to the place already. So, um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, with um, with what's it called? With um, uh, Anthem, by the time they showed gameplay, it's like, okay, it's not a bad-looking 3D, uh, uh, sorry, um, third-person um, action shooter. Like, it actually looks like it could be pretty good. And the the real downfall of, of the game was in the si- in the underlying systems. So all the things that people took for granted, like being able to like hit the, you know, pause the game, go to your inventory screen and change a weapon. You couldn't do that in Anthem. And people were like, what do you mean I can't do that? Like, no, you have to like go back to like your home base to like change your loadout. And it's like, no, you can do that in every other game. Like, let, like oh, well, our game is not built that way. And of course, it was a long time later before we saw, you know, like the the development, you know, struggles that the the team had and the changes mm-hmm. that were made. But uh, I just saw a tweet from Schreier recently that said, because um, remember how you know Destiny and uh, No Man's Sky both kind of had rough launches, and they each had like their 2.0 moment where it's like, yeah. okay, like and now it has taken off. And he Schreier said something like, um, I feel like Anthem really could have taken off if they ever got their like 2.0 moment and like i'll never forgive ea for like just bagging it and just like you know uh letting it die that seems to be the thing this these days though right like they'll look and like oh it hadn't caught fire throw it in the dumpster i don't ever want to hear about it again i mean like they're killing stuff off really fast these days 
Like, what was that game that didn't even have a year's worth of service or whatever, right? And they're already shutting it down? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... And and so it's... I I don't, you know... I I don't know how much of it has to do with, you know, Bungie being a huge, hugely profitable, you know, company from the first game, so they had a little bit more leeway, even though uh, they were independent, and then they were Activision, and they were independent again, and now they're under the (laughs) Sony umbrella, like... They're really weird. Like they like to be owned and then buy their independence and then they be owned again because they, you know, it's it just seems odd. But yeah, it's um, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of people willing to take risks, uh, which is why you know we see so many sequels, why it's hard to get a new IP to kind of catch on. Um, but uh, but yeah, these are all, you know, it's, and and I, I know I said it before, but like there's companies that are always asking us, right? Like, what do you want? Like, what do you want us to give you? How can we make, how can we get your money? How can, you know, we make you happy? And I don't know if we really know. I think it's one no. of these Su- surprise and delight. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Think I think so. Exactly. Give, give Except me for Chris. Chris I'll, knows what he wants. I'll tell you give exactly. Me. Right. I, I wanted another elder Scrolls game five years ago. Right. Right. I mean, right, right. But I want that, but I also don't just want, more Elder Scrolls games forever. I'd also like something that I, I want to play something in the next few years that I don't even know about yet. Well, sure. Like, there's going to be some of that, but I mean, um, but, but if you gave me unlimited funds and said, here, build the perfect game for you, I don't think it would be any good. Cause I don't <laughs> think I well, I'm know. I'm not a game. Yeah. That right. could put a lot of Mega Man bosses. in. <laughs> that would be like <laughs> saying, right. Chris, you got unlimited money, but you have to hand build your own house. I mean, no, yeah, no, it would no, suck. No, 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 no. Like they, they, they give you unlimited resources, and any, de- and you get to be in charge of the development. Team. Well, that'd be easy. Say, I would just you do this. You I would do yeah. that. I would just. I, uh, I would just. Okay, from software is mine, and okay, just do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will continue to pay your salaries. Just build what you're That's building. Right. <laughs> yeah, more. Do you want to make some more? Because okay. <laughs> I'm sure it's like you, Bill. You would just buy Bungie and go, okay, just perpetually give me more stuff. I know, but like every time they they do a thing where it's like, hey, we've got this, and I'm like, ooh, I wouldn't have thought of that. Like that sounds interesting, and like sometimes it hits and sometimes it doesn't. But like, it's funny because like I love, 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 love Red Dead Redemption to death. I love this game and Undead Nightmare, the expansion love it to death and then red dead 2 comes out and i don't love this game to death this game's all right but it's not to me it's not what red dead 1 was and a lot of it has to do with a lot of the systems being like pulled out of the game and also see almost seems like like retro like in the first game you had access to all this data that was like you know kill 10 more uh, sparrows and like you'll rank up like you're hunting to the next level and the second game had that but all the data was invisible so if you just like shot 25 crows like you would get like a point in like your aim or like your damage on your gun or like some stat on your gun but it wouldn't tell you it would just all happen invisibly in the background so like you'd feel getting better but like you have no way to like track it and like it, it just I didn't think- know what I think developers, you like you say that they, you say they ask all the time, "What do you want?" Well, they don't. Nobody asked for Fallout seventy six. Nobody, nobody asked for that, and that's the, what you got. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Nobody wanted that. <laughs> there was nobody pining for Fallout 76. Just the accountants at Bethesda were like, oh, games as a service. Exactly. People want this. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There was, no, there was no feedback loop that gave them that, yeah, this is what people want. Yeah, right? No. Mm-mm. Sorry, Kels, we've yeah. gone forever. How about you? That's all right. <laughs> um, like a lot of the same stuff Bill hit on, uh, Worlds do it for me. Like That's why I got so excited for Cyberpunk. I had never played a CD Projekt Red game. Um, I know they had a good like pedigree, but uh, I didn't like. I tried like an hour of The Witcher two, and I hated it. So this isn't for me. But I was just so excited to have the cyberpunk world that looked fully realized and like three D, and the story seemed really cool. Um, I am also a huge sucker for just a cool art style. I will pick up like Octopath Traveler, like that two D HD when they first showed that. I was like, this is the most beautiful thing yeah, I've ever that. seen. Mm-hmm. And prior to that, like back in the PS2 era when Odin Sphere came out, I was like, I don't care what this game is. It looks amazing and I want to try it. Turned out to be really good beyond just looking cool. But uh, then after that, it was like, oh, Mirror Mass is coming out. I got to try that. That's going to be really cool and it looks beautiful. Yeah. What's the, um, I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of it. What was the uh, the watercolor like RPG? Um, Nino Kuni. Nino Kuni's great. Oh, Okami's yeah. great. Yeah. Like, yeah, I love, I love really stylish games Mm -hmm. yeah so sometimes that's enough to just get me in the door to try it um like this week i had my um opinion on a game gotham knights change because of like previews and reviews for it um did those things ever sway you guys one way or the other they do i i was struggling to find a recent example of this um, besides um, one that I've, I've mentioned already. So um, I do remember specifically being aware of Fallout One and Two as a you know PC you know person uh, who never played those. Like they were just like in the periphery of like PC gaming as I was kind of getting into PC gaming in the late '90s. Like these are kind of classic games that have been around for a while. So when the word kind of came that like, oh, uh, you know, uh, what's it called? Bethesda has got Fallout and they're going to do Fallout 3. And I was like, all right, I mean, I guess that's cool. Like, I never really played it. I guess we'll see what this happened, you know, what this looks like. And they were showing the VAT system at E3 or something. And they were kind of showing like what the world's going to be like. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it kind of looks like pretty standard post-apocalypse. And I hadn't really played, you know, um, I hadn't gotten into Morrowind ever, even though a lot of my friends really liked it. I tried Oblivion. I didn't really get it. Um, and I remembered having no plans on purchasing Fallout 3. And then, like, it came out. And I looked at the reviews on, I forget, it was IGN or something like that. And they gave it, like, some some crazy score, like a 9.5 or something like that. And I remember seeing that 9.5, and I was like, really? And I kind of, like, was looking for something to play. And I was like, all right, I mean, if it's that good, and I went and bought the game so that was one example i could think of um and then the other one i, I know i already mentioned outer wilds but um it was kind of like on the indie circles for a little while like it was this game that was kind of like winning like bafta awards and like you know like uh, indie and like you know kind of dev uh, type awards before it got picked up by uh, annapurna and like you know like got made um but i remember specifically reading um uh, Schreier's uh, uh, 
article on it that said this is one of the best video games I have ever played in my life and then that just kind of got it on my radar and then I started looking it up and, and found it on like you know all these like you know top 10 game of the year lists and I was like alright like so it wasn't like necessarily like like a review that you know you know did it in itself but it kind of got me like looking at the game more and more um, a big one for me is um, people that know me telling me this is a game I think you would like um, mm -hmm. and uh, I wouldn't have tried Rogue Legacy if it weren't for my buddy Kaylee being like dude like everything I know about you this is a game for you and I tried it and I'm like yep you were right and he's to and and you know what gets me is when he's recommended already recommended something that he knows I'll like and now I'm like all right you got me so he was like hey Sunshine is like the most Bill McGee movie I think I've ever seen. Like you gotta watch <laughs> Sunshine, and I'm like, you got me. What else you got, right? So, um, yeah, and then uh, uh, so Kelsey, you did the same thing with um, uh, you said with uh, everything I know about you, I think Vanquish is the game that's gonna get your foot in the door uh, with uh, with Platt. So, uh, so yeah, I mean there there are some times where some reviews will kind of push me, you know, like a little bit further, but. I kind of already had to be leaning in that direction a little bit. It's it's rare that I'll just read a review and be like, I shall go buy this now, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think everyone, that's pretty rare for them. Yeah. How about you, Chris? For me, the only reason I ever care about reviews is if, if it's like a warning, right? Like, this game is broken, <laughs> or there this game is full of jank, right? Mm -hmm. Those are the things that make me go, oh, well, I was interested in this thing, yeah. but I guess I'm going to steer clear of it now. Um, again, usually I've got a pretty good idea of what I like or what I'd be into. Um, yeah, I mean, now on occasion, if there are things that are in my wheelhouse that get rated really highly, then I'm like, oh, okay, well, I should up this or put this, you know, at the top of my list or something. But I can't imagine, like, you know, Bill talking about, like, Outer Wilds or something, getting some crazy review, and, and me looking at it and going, why doesn't go, like, no, I'm good. I mean, yep. you know, and that's no slide on the game. It's just me and what I like, yep. you know. Yeah, um, and like I said, so, like, I've already, it's already got to be something that I would lean towards. Like, if I yeah. read some review that was, like, and, and I have read this review that's, like, Elden Ring is the best, most accessible, hardest you know like whatever like you know the superlatives are type of this game like i would read that mm -hmm. and i'd be like oh awesome that is good for those people and then mm -hmm. i will you know go on my way and then it, it's so it it took me listening to you guys talking about it on the show to be like oh man like now i'm kind of thinking about like you know maybe this could be a thing so like i do kind of have to be like in the wheelhouse before you know like the review will kind of push me and I, th and I think mm -hmm. people, uh, you're looking for validation one way or the other. You're jumping, you're looking to read the <laughs> oh, movie yeah. review to be like, I believe that Morbius is awful. Let me go confirm this, you know, <laughs> or, ooh, I was proven wrong. People say that it's great, you know. So it's, it's, a, it's a little echo chambery where, like, you just want to confirm, either confirm your bias or, because when you're looking, when you're, when you go online looking for a good review, you kind of want to buy the thing already. You just want someone to tell you, it's okay, buddy. It's okay. Yeah. Spend your money. So, yeah, to go back to Cyberpunk, like I saw the uh, trailers and I was like, like I kind of want to play this. But like you said, like I was, I needed something to push me over because yeah. I had no experience. I'm not a first person shooter player. I don't like CD Projekt Red games. 
but then when they had that like uh, 28 minute like e3 demo that everyone was like whoa yeah. like it's blowing my mind <laughs> i was like okay that's what i needed like yeah. that that's that's the push yeah yep. but usually it's the it's the giant warning banners that are that's the thing that gets me when i yeah when i'm leaning down the path of sudden people are like oh, no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay so, all right then no i'm not yeah. going that direction but otherwise the if exception. it's yeah, no. If nobody's telling me watch out, it's a five, four alarm yeah. fire or something, they're like, oh, I'm going my way. Okay. The exception to that for me is uh, remakes and re-releases. If the previews come out and they're like, oh, like they really did a great job getting the spirit of Resident Evil Two in this remake, I'm like, oh, like I love Resident Evil Two. Like if they did a good job, like I I did pick that one up really early. Whereas I was not paying attention to it before. I'm like, ah, another remake, like you know who cares they're they're gonna they're gonna make it too different it's not gonna be what i want and and the previews totally sold me on that one that's kind of like demon souls when that remake came out right like Mm -hmm. and i think that was to their benefit that sony went way out of their way to be like we haven't messed with any of this stuff that you guys want right so yeah i think that's it's good to know that people have the best intentions and they get they get that's a spot where they get what people want, right? When they do those sort of things, I think, usually. 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 Sometimes yeah. they really, yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm kind of interested in the new Dead Space remake. Um, half it's of me is, so far, yeah. like, I want to play that. And then half of me is, wasn't that long ago when I played that? So <laughs> like, maybe when it's cheaper, I would like to relive that memory. But yeah. Yeah. Not, not to go too much on a Dead Space tangent, it's one of those games that has always been interesting to me like the like the the world interests me and i'm super into horror i'm super into sci-fi i'm super into whatever whatever story is in there i'm telling you though i really both in movies and games i really don't like jump scares and that Mm. is kind of what like pulls me out of like if like like the amnesia dark descent games or like you know like any one of those like games that like that's like the whole like hook is like it's gonna drag you in with atmosphere, and then it's gonna like you know like that's not startle what, you. That's not. But, I mean, there's there are jump scares in there, but it's not Alien Resurrection. It's not. That's gotcha. not the game. It's okay. it's that like you talk about. It's that world. It's that environment. It's like that ship that you're in in that game. Think of um, the Nostromo. Think of Event Horizon. Yeah, right. right? And that's like that's, when you're walking yeah. that ship. It's that constant dread. Of yeah. what's around the corner and what am I what am I gonna see, and you don't have always tons of fighting, but the unique way the fights happen with the limbs and the stuff—it's not headshots. Mm. Headshots ain't gonna work for you, buddy. Mm. You know you got to stop them from coming at you. And I think you would like it, but okay. I, I, knowing what I know of you, I would say this yeah. is a bill game. Okay. <laughs> Qu- quick shout out to Dead Space Extraction because I love that. That one. just don't ever play dead space three okay okay th- three and I, I know i've said this before um i have an awful memory you guys know this but like i can never remember the games and like series that are like the the bat like i've asked before <laughs> but, two like, were good but like 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 devil may cry like oh like what's the one people don't like i can never remember like what's the one two. to avoid and and dmc so 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 two yeah is no so good one three and- Four and five are fine. Okay. Skip DMC and two. Just two. <laughs> but and you kind of okay. you kind of need the story from two 
but at least those ones are short. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. So Dead Space one and two, good. DMC I would say one. If, if if you're interested, maybe just wait and play this new remake. I'm sure it'll be pretty. It'll give you something nice right. on your computer screen. Cool. Yeah. You know, if you feel up to it, I and think I ha- you would and, enjoy and it. I, and I have to take my 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 gun twist sideways your gun, so I can. You have different guns that do different things. So get, loves like get those tactic buttons on your your Steam Deck so you can actually turn the Steam Deck. <laughs> you do have one gun though that does that, but there are other guns that, that do other okay. things. But that's the whole point of that is when that game got you can't. It's not like a normal shooter. You don't just go for headshots all the time. Like these things are coming at you and you have to stop them from coming at you and limbs and things. So. But no, I think the atmosphere is probably what I think we'll get to because it's it very much had that event horizon vibe of that ship where you're just mm-hmm. like oh god i don't want to be here oh yeah. god why are you going farther into this thing yeah. <laughs> please stop <laughs> um so before we close up i just wanted to get both you guys opinions on like what makes the perfect trailer for you like what can you think of like an example where like this trailer sold me on this game I this is a little bit of a blast from the past, but a tra- but a trailer that I remember vividly and I absolutely love. I can't remember if I've talked about it on the show before. Is the trailer for Bionic Commando Rearmed? <laughs> and if you go back and find this thing, it just does such a perfect job of explaining what it is with no words. The trailer starts off with like the NES music for Bionic Commando. Like and it's and like you and it has the video of, of you know and he's he's swinging. It's like da, 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 da. and like it just gets you in that like Nintendo mood. And and then as he's swinging it in real time like morphs into bionic commando rearmed like full like uh uh 3d rendered so it's like it's um what do you call it like the the 2.5d where like everything's 3d rendered but it's like you know on a 2d plane and also the mute at the same time the music changes into the you know the the redone remastered music with like you know like heavy bass and like you know like the uh the, the synths and everything so it's it's just communicating to you okay we here's the original here's the new one like and it shows you know like the boss fights and two player and it's got um like what do you call like like vr mission style so there's all these like challenge you know rooms and stuff like that but the music just had me from the beginning like it just put me right in the mood that they wanted me to be in and then it's like all right take that and now we're like amping it up and like here it is i absolutely adore this game uh i'm glad that um it's also on pc because being that it was a 360 game i don't know mm-hmm. if it's playable beyond 360 um they did put it on a disc there was like a capcom collection that had rearmed like one and two and uh, and something like that on it but man that that trailer is to this day one of my favorite trailers um and i i don't know exactly what it is about it besides just you know putting me in the, and I, it probably has the disadvantage of like if you're not into Bionic Commando or weren't into it back then, it might not have the same impact of showing you this old game and then showing you where it's going. Um, but I absolutely love that trailer. It's it's one of my favorites. It's a good example. 
for me again it's, Chris what comes to mind it's about showcasing the action and doing that in, in an exciting way right so I'll just go with something recent like Street Fighter 6 like with their trailers they've been doing character introductions right so each one they're like okay we're gonna here's the new character that we're announcing for you know whatever and you get like a little snippet and stuff and um they just do a great job of like introducing i mean obviously a lot of times it's oh it's a character i already know so i'm gonna see like what's this version of this character look like or sometimes it's a new one and you're like well, i don't know what to expect out of this but um I mean, like, I think of, like, okay, mostly recently, like, the, the jury trailer for Street Fighter Six. It starts off with, you know, it's just the theme starts going underneath, which is, like, kind of this cool little subtle theme anyway. But just, like, this motorcycle wheel, you know, it's, like, coming in hot. And then does the Akira slide, you know, which yeah. you've seen a million times. But she pops off, pops the helmet off, and so you get a good look at the character, right? And then it just cuts right into... Um, the gameplay right and it's just showing like off the moves and some of the things that are going on and then they kind of cut in some of like you know like the super moves and stuff that are in there always flashy and look cool and um they just give you everything you need to know and it's very condensed and it's chunky and okay trailers i hate are just this is going to be the story of the game, and I'm just going to show you some panoramas, and I'm a narrator. <laughs> Get that crap out of here, man. I, I don't, I don't need it. Right? If if your game can't interest me on being a game, again, I don't. I can watch a YouTube video of that. I don't need to play that thing. Um, yeah. I get RPGs have to do that, but even a good RPG trailer shows you the action of the gameplay and what's mm. the exciting parts about it. Like, here's the mechanics that you're going to love. Yeah. And and just to expand on that, so what I said before, like, what's it take to, like, push me over the edge to, like, know I want to make the purchase? I do need to see a trailer with gameplay or at least need to see what's happening there. But to Kelsey's point before, just give me, like, a taste of the world and let my imagination go a couple of the best trailers are ones that just did that. They just showed you like a little piece of the world and kind of pulled back and let your imagination go. Like, do you remember the gears of war trailer um, with like that tears for fears uh, song? Um, oh yeah. It was just like really soft and it was that piano cover and it was a lot of, it was, it was, you know, muzzle flare of the weapons and like, you know, big, huge things, but like just, just soft piano music. And you could see that like the world is destroyed so it didn't show any gameplay, but it was like, all right, there's violence happening, there's aliens, there's, you know, you're fighting for, you know, like humanity. And then um, we've sure talked about Fallout a lot on this show, um, but some of the, the trailers for Fallout 3 that just had some of those old timey mute uh, songs in them that like Bioshock did that really well uh, as well, where like they just kind of have some of those old, um, you know, like 40s and 50s, uh, you know, kind of like jazz music playing like in like this like broken down, you know, subway car or something. And then it kind of like pans out and it's like a, a destroyed, you know, like city block. And then it pulls out far enough and it's like the dude in the um, the power armor. And then it just kind of fades out. And it's like Fallout 3 and it's like, ooh, what's this world all about? So like <laughs> the the, the kind of giving you a tease of what the world is about, like gets me interested 
I do still need to see the gameplay to push me over, but like those are some of the best trail. It's just like some of the best movie posters are like just subtle and they just give you like a hint, and then you know they they just get you interested enough to like keep you coming back, right? So. I think. I mean, we're talking about trailers, but to me, the things that make me sit up and take notice are demos. Mm. Because, number one, that says to me that the company's like, we believe in our product enough to where we think if we give you a taste, you'll come back. Oh, and, you mean a playable demo for yeah. a player? Not like, like a, mm-hmm. not where they demonstrate on a YouTube Right. Or, no, oh, I mean, okay. like, they let you download a demo and play. Gotcha. And, like, a lot yeah. of, like, that was a huge thing for a while. Remember, like on Xbox 360, where it was like they're like everything has to have a demo, right? Yeah. Oh, I know it's expensive, yeah. but like those have started to come back. I've seen several Switch games that have been like, "Here's a demo," and if you buy the game, you can pick right up where you left off. Like yeah. they've done that yeah. with quite a few, um, and Square's yeah. done that with a few of their things. And I, to me, that's huge because you know I get to try it out, and usually that works for me. And mm-hmm. if your game's a piece of crap you're not going to dare let anyone touch it before they buy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Like, I, like with Cyberpunk again, like they had that demo behind closed doors because they knew there were technical issues. If they put the demo out to the public, everyone was going to be like, oh, this is broken. This isn't working like it's supposed to. And it tricked a lot of people, and I think they were pretty burned by that. Yeah. I put my hands on it, right? Even if it's not perfect... Mm-hmm. You know, that really tells me a lot about your product. Like Neo, I remember I played the betas of Neo, and that's what sold me on that game. I don't know if I would have bought it without that, but I played those like, yep, this is it. Awesome. Yeah, betas are, yeah, I mean, demos. I used to, like, look for demos for games. I was like, oh, I wonder what demos are available, or I'll just go on the Switch and, like, just take me to the demo area. And it's just, I don't even do that anymore. Like, I'll, like you know, Game Pass, there's, like, enough of a selection where it's, like, it's either on Game Pass or it's not. But, like, yeah, it's it's funny how, like, I just haven't even thought about game demos in so long. The Switch is the only thing that makes me think about them anymore. It's about the only yeah. place I see them. Yeah. I could have sworn I saw something, I don't know if it was actual thing happening or an article suggesting it, but, like, I, I'm kind of surprised that there's not been a thing where... You know, on some tier of PlayStation Plus or, or Xbox or whatever, it's like, hey, you can, you know, you get half hour of like, you know, like whatever game, you know, like, and they can time it or whatever. But uh, there's probably all sorts of, you know, agreements they'd have to get into with, uh, you know, publishers and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it, it's, but I think when you're talking about it used to be a big thing, I think like, because being a Microsoft guy, I think back in like the Xbox Live Arcade days, back when they were calling it that, I think everything had a demo version on Xbox Live Arcade. Like it was required. The way that they like require like every Xbox game to like work across like all the platforms now. And yeah, you're right. Yeah. It just and I bought it's... games from playing demos because I yeah. play it. I'm like, what's this? I mean, something and... I didn't buy, but something I like. Oh, yeah. Okay. And cool. it would do. Th- and it, it would do that thing that Kelsey hates, where like you'd play it and like you'd earn an achievement, and it'd be like. Hey, you just earned an achievement. If you want to buy the game right now, like you get to keep that achievement. <laughs> like, get out of here with trying to get my money from your <laughs> digital thing. But yeah, you're right. Demos were kind of a big deal a while ago, and like it's just even before that, like 
the magazines with like the PS1, PS2 kind of era demos. I remember like massive. Okay, discs. like remember how big the Final Fantasy VII demo disc was? Yeah. Oh yeah. Right, like everybody bought whatever the heck. I don't remember what stupid game it was that it, it came too. with. I bought Brave Fence for Musashi to play. Is that, the eight, is that the it? Yeah. Well, that was for eight. Yeah. Okay, but what was the one Seth, for? Seven, I don't even remember. It came, it came with Air Guides, didn't it? No. Not Air uh, Guides. No. That just had a cloud in it. There was some other. Was it like a oh, Bushido right. Blade or something? I don't remember yeah. what it was, but it was something else. People bought that game because they wanted to play the Final Fantasy VII demo, right? Yeah, I, I, I'm look, I don't I'm looking know. It up. Enough publishers don't pay attention to that stuff anymore. Yeah. I bought Crackdown for the Halo. It wasn't like a demo. It was like the Halo beta invite or something like that. Yes. The, uh-huh. And Crackdown just ended up being a banger. So it ended up working out <laughs> for me. But yeah, like Crackdown, I think it came with like Halo either beta or early access or something. Yeah. I, I remember it was like, yeah, I can't remember what it was. Um, well, what about you? Because you didn't answer the trailer question. Um, yeah, not to go on something I've already talked about. Uh, one that I miss, uh, and I loved the trailers every time, was the Smash Brothers. Uh, when they do the character reveal trailers, mm. they were so much fun. And they would do like two different kinds. They do like the ones where they would have like a fake out, like, ah, just joking, it's this <laughs> character. And then they'd show you who it actually is. Or they'd like do this, this like slow build up with like they're just. If you knew the franchise they were introducing, you'd see these little tidbits and go, oh, like Dragon Quest is coming up. And then you'd yeah. see, boom, it's the hero. Um, like the sword, I, the, the sword reveal where like you finally see the Keyblade or whatever. Yeah. 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 And like like fans of the series would pick up on who it was earlier than you. If you didn't like, I was watching the Minecraft one with my son and he knew it was Steve. Like, boom. And I was like, I don't know what's happening. Like, yeah. Yeah. Gonna be? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I like I always end up buying Smash Bros at some point, so it works. Um, but I, I love those trailers, and I I'm, I can't wait till they announce a new Smash Brothers to go through you know seventy more <laughs> trailers for that game. I I like watching trailer reveal uh, trailer reveals um, like reactions to the reveals rather, because like I'll watch those trailers and I'm like I don't know this matters at all but then i'll watch like the reactions and people just losing their minds when like characters are announced that's always jokers in smash yeah (laughs) Yeah. there's there was a bunch of those smash bros ones that uh, people went wild for so kelsey you're against all these season passing so what do you do for smash i complain that i don't know any of the matchups because i haven't played any of the downloadable characters before (laughs) you just literally never get them no, like I like at the smash things I'm doing at my my new job here, uh, they have like they bring their own setups because they need to have all the downloadable characters because these are all the competitive guys. Uh, so they're like, so who do you play? And I'm like, I don't know, Ike. I'll I'll be some one of the first guys that's on here, and then they'll be playing me with like Simon Belmont or uh, Hero or Joker or. And I'm like, I have no idea any of your moves or how to deal with this because I've never played against any of these characters And they will before. never release, like, a final version with everything on a card? Uh, Nintendo is not known for doing that like yeah. every other company yeah, is. Yeah, most so, other companies uh, will. Like, I expect to I, see, like, a yeah. final Street Fighter V, you know, at the end of everything. Mm. Yeah. I Nintendo, unless they, like, port it to the next Switch, that's my only hope of ever having, like, those characters uh, come out on a cartridge, I think. Because even with, like, Mario Kart and stuff, like, they 
It just amazes me the that deluxe you version. Got something and then they that add you, more stuff that you like so much, and you're just like, nah. <laughs> no, it's it's too much to keep up with. Like I'm not spending another like seventy to eighty bucks to get all these characters and levels and things. I don't know, but to me though, I'm like, the... if I love this thing, I, more of it is good. But... More of it is good, but I also don't like the business model, so I don't want to buy into that. Like, I know it's futile at this point. Enough other right. people have that it's going to keep happening, but I right. don't like being. That's yeah, okay. That makes me feel. Yeah, gross. I'm, I'm a firm believer in. Um, giving your opinion with your wallet yeah so even if it's not yeah. effective as a whole like you're gonna feel good about you know sticking to it so yeah there's yeah. certain things i definitely do that i know will not cause the ruin of the businesses <laughs> i don't i don't solicit but i still yeah. will not solicit them yeah for sure yeah yeah it's very much in that vein yeah so anything else you guys want to add before we wrap it up no it's a good topic and it's always the tough part i mean i think i was thinking that t- like how many new games have i bought this year like at launch like two i mean like the number i buy at launch is is declining year after year right mm-hmm. you you, you yeah. gotta go harder to win me uh at the start because anymore i'm like i can just wait for gamefly for like a minute <laughs> the two were what elden ring and triangle strategy yeah is that the two mm-hmm. yeah and it's i had this on my notes too like so that my time is way limited than ever before and it gets more limited the more time that goes by and uh you know between family being the priority you want to take time for self-care we have other interests we have other things we want to do um you know there's uh you know and I, i said before like one of the biggest factors even if something's like super interesting to me is like when when it comes time to sit down wherever I'm going to play games and fire something up, will I fire this up? And sometimes it's hard to know before you make that purchase. So the ones that Kelsey asked right at the beginning, like, what are you definitely getting? Definitely getting Lightfall. It's going to get fired up all the time. I'm definitely getting Final Fantasy uh, 16. It's, uh, I'm, I'm feeling it. Like, it's it's going to be something that I, that I roll with. Elder Scrolls is a given. Um, and then, like, we've said, like, I mentioned Game Pass, like, day one releases. There hasn't been one for me in a little while, but, like, I was really excited for the new Forza Horizon. I played it right when it came out. I was really excited for the new uh, Halo. Played the whole campaign right when it came out. Co-op campaign comes out next month. I don't consider that a new release, but, like, I'm going to play that. But, like... I thought they scrapped that. No, they... they they, they, Yeah, it got pushed. So it's coming in November. It was supposed to come, like, in spring. When's the last update you've heard on that? Because I like, thought like last like month they within, killed it. Like within the last week or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I probably just missed that then. So, um, but but the thing is, like, I know, I know those are getting played, right? And then anything beyond that, like, I know I already mentioned Disco Elysium, but like, there's even games that I've gotten for free on Epic Games that I'm like, oh, I'll definitely like. I played um, uh, the Batman um, Telltale, uh, like the first season. Yeah. It was really good. I liked it a lot. It and, I'm like, and I'm like, let me take a little break and I will go back and I will play season two. And I just haven't gone back to it. And it just comes down to, okay, I'm going to sit down. What am I going to do? And it's just that mental block of like, you know, if I start season two, I'm going to have to stick with it. And like, am I going to be able to do that? Am I, do I have time to play next week? Am I going to remember what happens between now and then? And I probably yeah. think myself out of it. But season two's got Harley... Bane, mm. Freeze, the the 
their weird take on the Joker that actually kind of works. Like, uh-huh. it's a cool season. Yeah, and and that and the thing is, I know I want to play it, and that's just one example. And I'm not saying that Vanquish is like stopping me from playing other things, but like it's just another thing in your mind that you sit down and it's like, oh, you know what? I- I've started that. I want to stick with that. And then you know that kind of like you know takes you. Uh, I don't want you to feel compelled to finish Vanquish if you've got what you need to get out of it. Like, don't feel bad on my account to drop it yeah. at some point. If, oh no, if it's and not. And that's the thing. That that's the thing. I'm digging it. Like, I enjoy playing it. It's just you know, like, does it like you know where can I fit it into my you know like uh, regimen of gaming for like the day, the week? And it used to be I would play some games every day. And when Destiny is going hot, like, I might play Destiny five nights a week. Even if I only play it for, like, you know, like, 40 minutes or an hour, you know, like, before kind of calling it a night. Some raid nights, maybe, like, two, three hours. But there will be entire weeks where, like, I do not play a game. And it's just because, you know, like, it might, there, you know, might have been some extra homework. Like, there's a scout meeting. There's, like, you know, some baseball. Like, we're playing, we're at my parents' house. Like, there's, there's... There's never been times before this year where there'd be like multiple weeks where no games were played, but there are multiple weeks in a month where just no games are played, and you that's got fine. Kids at that age, exactly. You got kids yeah. at that age, and and I've talked to my my dad about this, and he's and I'm like, you know, it's great. Like, I'm I'm super busy. Like, we're doing a lot of stuff. Like, the house is always a mess, but we don't care. You know, like we clean it when we can. <laughs> and he's like, that's just your life right now, and like that's the way it is now. It's not the way it's going to be forever. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, everything's good. But, like, we are in a hardcore, always busy, always messy mode. And, like, we've found our flow where we can kind of be cool with it. But it's just one of those things. And I've mentioned on the Discord where it's like, man, I just have, like, and by the time sometimes I get to the point where it's like, okay, I can play something for, like, 30, 40 minutes right now. It's like, you know what? I'm just going to lay down. Or, like, I'm just going to read for a little bit. Or, I mean, I'm just not going to play something. Because I always said, like, I would never just play something for the sake of playing it. And there's been a few times where, like, I'll sit down, I'll turn on Destiny, I'll get to the title screen, I'll get in space, and I'm like, all right, I'll look, like, what are my quests? What are my bounties? What am I going to do? Am I going to do strikes? And I'll kind of, like, look at everything that's right in front of me, and I'm like, I actually don't really want to play right now. And then I'll just turn it off. (laughs) (laughs) So... But yeah, that's just it's just our, our our flow right now, right? So it's uh we, we, we pick and choose, we try to make smart use of our time and uh yeah, there's there's never any shortage of things to play or things to watch, so we uh it's it's always a losing battle. You can't play everything, so we gotta be super picky. Yeah, I feel like I ebb and flow with things, right? Mm-hmm. Spend a lot more time gaming, not because it's yeah, like I say, time is limited. So it's either gonna be watching things or gaming. Both of those things are not happening, right? So it's like more into this game now. I'm not gonna be watching much of anything, yep. uh, or vice versa, or you know. So you know, sometimes you're like a, or sometimes just like man, I'm just I just want to sit here and be brain dead for a while and stare at something. <laughs> yeah. And like some, and sometimes that's great. And then other times, like I'll sit there with the phone for like 20, 30 minutes, and I'm like, oh, what a stupid waste of thirty minutes. I sat here on my phone for thirty minutes. You gotta get I'll off try- that TikTok, man. Yeah. And then I'll try not to do that as much. You know, like I'm like, okay, let me, you know, let me just put this. So we've started like no phones at the. Um, it used to be no phones at the dinner table. 
Um, now we're like leaving phones in the bedroom, like get home, take off the work clothes, put on the relaxed clothes, phones in the bedroom, go hang with the fam. Like it's too tricky. Like that, that documentary we watched a while ago on Netflix, the, um, uh, what was it called? Um, did you watch it on your phone? I did not. We watched it on the uh, <laughs> television. Uh, uh, what was it called? It was called social, dilemma? the social dilemma. Yep. Um, and it's just, you don't even realize it's happening. Like your brain has like a, an extra second of nothing happening. And you're like, let me just look at this and see what's happening here. And just, you know, with it just not being on you, it just doesn't happen. Just look at your kids. And it's like, this is what's important. Let's just my, be in this room with these guys. My wife cannot get over that. Or like, she expects me to be constant. Like if she sends a text message and I don't answer I'm like, I don't always have the phone in my hand or on me, right? Sometimes it's in the other room or something. Yeah. I'm like, well, how come you didn't answer? It's not personal. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I just don't, the it's Apple, not glued to my hand. Yeah. The, the Apple Watch has helped with that because, like, you'll get, like, a little buzz, and it's like, hey, like, you know, like, uh, you know, turn, I'm, I'm on my way, preheat the oven, and I can be like, beep, boop, beep, okay, you know, and then... Uh, but yeah, same thing. Like we're trying not to have them on us uh, as much. So uh, yeah, it's all just just part of the flow, part of all you know, trying to figure it out. And uh, they're, yeah, they're little addiction machines uh, for know. sure. Well, yeah. yeah. All right, let's end it there. <laughs> Complaining about cell phones. Uh, <laughs> oh, an old man. Was <laughs> <laughs> good to talk about things we're excited about and yeah. uh, looking forward to. Uh, pretty positive conversation I thought um, so we'll be back in a couple weeks um, if you want to uh, support the show you can at patreon.com slash collectorcast and we'll see you guys next time <laughs>